Hello, and welcome to the OFD Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Moose, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith, over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me, as they do so frequently, Jude Seymour, Senior Editor, and Brendan McAlinden, the Chief Inspector. Gentlemen, hello. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Brendan, Brendan, can you hear yeah. that too? You could hear that too, right? That wasn't me just weirded out by Josh going at half speed or something. Was Winston no, Churchill no, it, just on this po- podcast? Uh, I, I, was expecting, I was expecting you to introduce us and then to proclaim that we will fight them on the beaches. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we will fight okay. them in Ann Arbor. We will fight them in Columbus. A, uh, a confession off the top. Uh, at six o'clock tonight. I ate half of a of a cookie, and it's um, ten fifteen now, and it's I still am not down from it. So, <laughs> um, I'm here, but I've also tried to unmute myself a couple of times while you guys were talking before the podcast, and I definitely did not do that. So I ended up talking to myself. So, anyways, hey guys, how are you? Hey Jude. Hey Jude. <laughs> so, I got my second uh, vaccine shot today. So. And the effects are supposed to hit while during the time that we're recording. So I can't wait. So if you don't hear me, <laughs> it's you, probably because I'm flying towards the bathroom or something. Did So when you got the second shot, did you hear the Windows startup music when it went in? Or did it take a little bit before you heard the, the microchip fully activate? No, no but I was surprised uh, at, at how I had to like stand and give a uh, – uh, give a pledge to Bill Gates. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that's like an oath of allegiance. Uh, but uh, yeah. you know, I'm cool with it. He, he can protect me from COVID. He can he can have my my life and my soul and whatever whatever else I signed up <laughs> here. Yeah, yeah, of course. I just hope to get one of those microchips that are so small. Uh, I'm so I can get like a handheld uh, computer. I, uh, I would appreciate. I guess they do in a cell phone, huh? I would appreciate the fucking workload, the 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 uh, some of the workload getting off my desk. So yeah, if someone wants to take over my life with a microchip, uh, I'd almost think I welcome it. It's that means I have to the less shit I gotta think about. It'd be perfect. I think Mac announced their new microchip today, right? The tag it's twenty six ninety nine for to track yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the eye tag. So, I've said it before. I'm the guy who uh, who laughed his ass off at uh, the Shark Tank episode about the guy getting your surgical implant of the Bluetooth into your ear. Uh, and then like six years later going, you know what? If they could just like surgically implant some Bluetooth speakers in my ears, that'd be fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> we'd, have to deal, we'd have to deal with uh, earbuds or like that nonsense. Oh, shit. I don't know. Maybe that's the next step. Yeah, some cochlear implants of uh, from from Apple. I don't see what could possibly go wrong. What what could go wrong? <laughs> we've we've never seen any science fiction movies <laughs> no, over the last few years. I've never seen one. <laughs> oh man, so we got we, we got a little bit of an episode tonight. Um, 
because because I I I mean I'm dead serious. I I was not sure like okay, getting the shot at three, recording at ten thirty, or at ten. And they're talking about eight hours, and then you're starting to fill the effects. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, so I'm like, you know what? If somehow I just pass the hell out. Uh, if there is just a set of questions somewhere, Jude and Brendan could just. It's going to be all Brendan tonight. Just, just keep going, fellas. <laughs> it would have, that would have ended up necessitating a second. We all know what happened the last time. Uh, Jude and I went through and did sort of a question heavy episode. Um, <laughs> you ended up listening to the episode the next day and slamming your fist and making a lot of angry hand gestures and firing up a rebuttal pod. that's it i've had it (laughs) so yeah we got a q a pod ready to go tonight um so that's good news that's fun stuff uh but before before we uh move any further uh, i just want to say you know a a very special you know r.i.p to the loose emoji I, you know, and I, I still think I might have been the only one who had like verbally had said it, said it. But I mean, Lou was was our Beano Cook. He was Notre Dame's Beano Cook. He was the guy that remembered everything. And this is, and that's which has been said by everybody. You know, he's the guy that was the walking encyclopedia of Notre Dame football. I have seen it in real time. I am not shitting you when you are up in the press box. The SIDs and their army of of uh, of interns and you know communicate you know communications peoples, they are diving into some trying to find whatever obscure stat you're looking for, and then someone will just shout it out in the press box, which is very clear because it's so quiet otherwise. Hey Lou, what's the and he knows it. I, I've seen it in real time uh, on more than a handful of occasions. He was just, he was absolutely amazing. Uh, all the stories that, you know, that have come out about him, um, as far as like, look, yeah, he's, he was a walking encyclopedia, but let me tell you how good of a person he actually was. It's all very sad situation. Uh, you know, really young to, for that to happen. It's just, it's, uh, a terrible tragedy, but it has been, you know, what a life. And, you know, when you, when you pass away and then you have, all these colleagues stand up and say, you know, how much, you know, you meant to them and what your impact was. And there's just, there's never going to be another guy like that. There's, there never is going to be for, for Notre Dame. Um, and that's incredibly sad, but at the same time, it's also, um, I don't know. I mean, it's just incredibly important to know that, that we dealt with them. Uh, I know Jude's, uh, you know, Jude's got help from him. Everybody's got help for Lou at some point. And he was always, extremely gracious, uh, in his help. And it was, it was never a, uh, I'm glad Priester brought this up because there's a lot of competition in this business and there's, there's some cat calling with people talking with credit and all that. You never saw that from Lou. And I, I don't know how many stories that you've read about some weird stat that was probably somebody got that information from Lou. Uh, so, uh, my heart, my thoughts, my prayers, everybody, everything was with his family uh, and with all of his close friends. Um, guys, you got anything else to say about your? Yeah, I mean, um, Lou was awesome. You know, uh, I think 
you said a lot of what I was going to say, but, um, I think reading the stories from, you know, about how great of a dude he was off, off the field, you know, so to speak. Um, Brian Driscoll had something on his site about when his wife came down with COVID Lou dropped off a bag of groceries because, (laughs) because Brian texted him for a favor, you know, and they weren't, I mean, they weren't working together at, at that point anymore. Like Brian had reached off to do his own thing or whatever. And there's Lou helping out with groceries. You know, I think that just, um, and to your other point, Lee Torben, who I think was an assistant SID under Birch, um, tweeted something about in 2014, them ripping through the, the record books, trying to figure out the last time, uh, an Notre Dame quarterback has scored three times running, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. rushing or whatever. And he like, <laughs> you know, they're ripping through the book and, and Lou's just in the back going, you know, Paul Horning, 1960, you know, whatever. So 56, um, so against North Carolina and it was, you know, two on the ground, one through C or whatever. So, um, <laughs> do you remember that text I sent you? I said, <clears throat> when we were talking about the, uh, the shillelagh with Northwestern and I, <laughs> I was like, man, even Samoji didn't even know what the hell I was talking about. I'm like, we might be fucked here. <laughs> yeah. Or somewhere along those lines. I mean, it was, it was like, you know, you brought up a question and everyone's like, looking. if they didn't know that everyone's, everyone looked to him. Like, do you, Lou's got to have the answer. And if he doesn't, maybe there's not an answer. or Maybe it's going to take a lot longer to find. Right. Now you said earlier that, that Lou was like the Bino cook of, of Notre Dame. Uh, you know, I, I thought of a different name actually, Steve Boda, which is the guy who's the historian of right. Notre Dame football for a really long time. Um, you know, Lou is kind of the spirit of, of Steve um, because Steve had that kind of recall memory and people would call Steve, um, you know, before, well, Louie was still Louie, you know, back in uh, college or whatever. So, right. um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. That's a good, you know, if, if Steve Boda were alive, I wonder if I would pester him as much as I pester Tim Beret and, and Lucy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just because I know there's a, those are guys who know things, you know? And, you know, I said it in a tweet the other day and I, and I really, I really didn't mean it. Like he had, he had no reason t- to help me at all. I don't think we'd ever interacted. I, you know, I'm sure he's probably never read anything of mine, but you know, I asked him for some insight and he gave me as much as he could apologize. He couldn't give me more and pointed me in the right direction of somebody else to ask, which is like all you can ask for, you know, when you, oh, when you need some direction. So. Loose emoji for me was the, like growing up as a kid, I, I remember it was in 1996. Um, my dad got me a subscription to Blue Gold Magazine. I remember it was like a newspaper. Uh, and he was like the first writer. Remember, I ever tell me read. what edition and, and I'll rem- show it to you. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see if I can remember. I think the first one I ever had was um, I think it was about Jarius Jackson. And like it was like 96. Jarius Jackson was on it. And they were talking about like bringing back the option. Uh, I think it was the it's like in the middle of the summer or something because it he, he signed it up for me in like summer of '96 or something or like spring I can't I can't remember the exact month but like I do remember uh, Jerry's Jackson was like the 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 cover of it and they were talking about like bringing back the option or something something I mean, like that. Tomorrow when I'm of sane mind I'm gonna go looking for this. So, so you, you can relive your past. Yeah, yeah. I uh, 
I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to read it. Um, read it again. I wonder how many guys to me. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I just wonder how many, how many guys out there like, like Brennan right there, you know, like, I'm surprised Lou wasn't, you know, it, it seems like he was like 85 because he's such yeah. a huge, such a huge part and a, and like, um, an elder statesman of sorts for the beat where, you know, I'm 42 and that name for me always, always run a bell as like, as like the guy, like I, I remember the blue and golds as well, you know, from way back then. It's like, that's the guy who, that that's who, where you got your info from. And more so than the than a Notre Dame than a newspaper reporter from your hometown or from or, you know from wherever, you know, Blue and Gold went out to everybody all across the country, and you, you got that, and it's just like here's the guy that's that with the voice there. I it just yeah, he just he became an icon for for so as far as uh, as a writer goes for so many of us covering you know the team and the sport that we love. And one thing about him that really endeared me, and I, and this is what makes him so irreplaceable among the beat, and why you see like all of the national writers checked in, like just go down the list of national guys, and they all checked Ivan in Mays, to give Ivan Maisel, their respects. Ivan Maisel was one of the first that I saw, and that should speak volumes. That's everything. Yeah. And it's the, the thing Sweet that's fact. so irreplaceable about him is that he came off as an authority without seeming like a know-it-all or over with. It never felt like he was talking down to you or condescending in any way. Um, he never had a bad word to say about anybody. Like he never had sour grapes or never was vindictive or like if somebody asked him a question, he wasn't an asshole about it, which you can't say the same thing about maybe anybody. Anybody. On the beat still there i don't think he you might say that the, about anybody on the beat he's one of the few guys on the beat that <laughs> i don't think i've that i've like uh openly mocked or like been like you know ah fuck that shit you know what i'm saying like like, like yeah like, we'll, it's loose emoji we'll riff, it's the we'll godfather riff on, yeah we'll riff on some stuff from from just about every writer you know nothing is personal i'm not sure if there's anything really that i've ever riffed on from lou to be honest with you yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, he was at least genuine. He, they disagree. It seems sounded up. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, it's like, yeah, just, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things where that's a kind of personality and a kind of person that you don't find too often today in today's sort of cynical media landscape where you're always looking for the next loss or looking at, um, you know, how, you know, what's wrong and looking at every story with what's wrong or, you know, he, it, his stuff never came off like that. Um, there always seemed to be like a glint of hopefulness without coming across as overly homeristic. Um, it's just, he was very unique in that way. And I, it's a, it's a, it's a big loss for Notre Dame fandom, honestly. Yeah. So just, uh, man, really, uh, like on so many things in life, you're never going to know what you had till it's gone. Um, so, you know, unfortunately for all of us, uh, you know, we'll no longer have it, but at least we have, I mean, plenty and plenty, uh, you know, stuff that, that, that was out there. So again, you know, our, 
heartfelt uh, thanks to Lou for for all those years, uh, and you know prayers to the family to you know to help you know during this time. And this is just rough. It's unexpected, and that which is always rough. All right, <clears throat> bad transition time. <laughs> I think we can just jump right into some questions. Uh, we have no reviews, uh, so I that's I think that's the second podcast in a row in a yeah. row. So that's unacceptable. Uh, so we're going to need uh, we're gonna all of your asses to get over to Apple Podcasts, drop a rating, which we do enjoy those Julian Love earned five stars, by the way. And please leave a review. Any review that you leave uh, will be read on the next OFD podcast. Uh, and that those reviews have been uh, pretty, pretty wild uh, from, you know, <laughs> pretty simple to pretty wild. To, uh, all sorts of things. Whatever it is, we will uh, we will definitely get to it on the next podcast and read it, talk about it. Sometimes these things take on like a whole half hour themselves. Uh, Sometimes <laughs> an hour. Yeah, you you never you never do know. So uh, please uh, please do that. Uh, hit that smash that subscribe button uh, if you're sitting there. So all right, well let's let's get into it. So. I don't even know where to. Maybe we'll just start going top down. That's the best way to do it. Basically, if you guys see a painting on the site from uh, like the Renaissance period or whatever, (laughs) it's going to be some kind of a podcast related Q and A time. I I really am enjoying. That that reminds me. I'll have to I'll have to cue you up like. A handful of paintings to use for future Q and A's, where I just, uh, you know, put some faces on these uh, fantastic Renaissance paintings <laughs> of Rome. Well, so you know, like I've really been enjoying the fact that we have access to like so many different images, which is why the five football, thirty football photos for a Friday started about. So, but like Getty, if you just go to like the oldest, just go on Getty and like have no search name at all. And our thing, it'll take you back to some of the old shit, but it's just got like pictures of all these great classic works of art. Uh, and it's, it's pretty amazing, like all this stuff. So we're, I'm going to pretty the site up. Uh, so for some ra- just random shit is instead of having a picture of a Notre Dame helmet, uh, maybe you'll get something from Botticelli, uh, which, which this picture was, was, was uh, the tragedy of, uh, of um, what the, was it Lucretia. Yeah. Tragedy of Lucretia. From Botticelli. So get yourself some fucking culture. Anyways, let's get into it. This first one here from C. Bogan, 1989. Uh, this and this question probably was was uh, cooler the day he put it on, which was on 420. Uh, how high are on Kyle Hamilton? Are you? And two, which receivers, A, improves the most, B, is poised for a breakout, and C, ends up being Mr. Reliable. So, Jude, sir, how high are you on Kyle Hamilton? Like, are you like... High as he is now. Okay. Are you you a one... I would say higher. Are you one hitter high? Are you one hitter high, or are you uh, double joint high? Like, I just, I don't know you can go higher than Greg on the high scale of Kyle Hamilton. So, Greg, Greg um, is the chief of uh, Kyle Hamilton. 
I will you keep know? it. I will keep within arm's length of uh, of Greg. Am I on how high am I, Kyle Hamilton? Like, what what's there not to be excited about? Um, you know, I think once you wrap your brain around the fact that you know he he's not going to play more than a year here at Notre Dame. Yeah, this is, know, it. I think, this is it. I think I think you come to enjoy the fact that you know you've got this you've got this um, time to watch and play because it's just been it's been fun and I think they're going to ask him to do more this year and and he's going to step up because he's an awesome athlete so I'm pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, how stoned are you on Hamilton? Uh, whew. I think I'm. Uh... I think I'm like Snoop Dogg at a at a um, Jake Paul fight level high. Ooh, that's good. That's a high. That's a good level. A little topical. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't. Obviously, I can't be as high as as Greg is on it, but it just it just feels like everything's coalescing for him um, to just have. Last year was sort of a little bit gimpy. Um, you know, the, the one pick, but I mean, he was also dealing with some stuff as given by his surgery in the off season. Um, so I think if he comes back and we have a fully healthy Kyle Hamilton, there's always, always also like a second year slump for a lot of guys, especially when you're moving into an expanded role. I, the sky is the limit for Kyle Hamilton this year. I fully expect him to play like a top 10 NFL pick, which for a safety that's like that Derwin James level of just like the, the best safety in all of college football at the end of the year, everyone will say, yes, Kyle Hamilton's the best safety in college football. That's what I expect this year. Okay. Yeah. I am like, um, 3 AM at a white castle on Woodward Avenue in Detroit high on Kyle Hamilton, which is pretty fucking high to be over on Woodward at uh, (laughs) that time of night. I think he's great, man. I think if you go back and look at the best uh, safety play from Notre Dame in the last 20 years, I think you'll get that and then some out of Kyle. You know, I think like uh, you look back at some great seasons, um, you know, Alohi Gilman had had a great time. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Harrison Smith Smith. had a great final season at, at safety. Stuff like that, I think you're like that. You know, it's going to be like that, and then some. He's just, dude. He's just so much more talented than everybody else. And and to be honest, he's physically more talented. He's more talented than than probably than Aloy Gilman and and Smith. I mean, it, it's all sitting right there. It's a. It, it could become a, a thing of how Notre Dame is going to use him, and also <clears throat> how much teams are just going to have to stay away from him. You know, which, do which you makes think big... he's going to have the 2010 Harrison Smith where he had seven picks? Or do you think it's going to be more like the 20, uh, 2011 game where he didn't have the picks? Um, but I mean, they just didn't, they just ignored him. So I, 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 I honestly think it's going to be somewhere in between. I, I think there, I thought last year, I thought a lot of the same last year and it didn't, it didn't quite happen like that. But, they're not going to, I mean, they are going to do what they can to stay away from him, but I think there's just going to be those moments where you can't. And then it's just going to be like the, the kid on the peewee team that just is better than everybody else. You know what I mean? 
Like you could do all you want around it. And then all of a sudden he just like takes over because he's that much better out there. Um, how that comes about, whether in interceptions or, or coming up in plays in the run game or whatnot. I'm just, I'm, I'm high on him, man. I'm fucking stoned off of Kyle Hamilton. Uh, and I, I, but I think it's important. I do think it's really important to Kyle who that next guy, who that guy next to him is going to be. Like if it's going to be Houston Griffith, Houston Griffith needs to step the fuck up. Like it, it, it has to be that kind of level. Like it has to be like that, you know, that's why Jalen Elliott and Louie Gilman were so good together because they were so good at the same time together. Yeah. Uh, it, and they had yeah. a third guy in Kyle Hamilton, which I yeah. think is <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's like that kind of stuff that they need that other guy to step up. So Kyle, to, for Kyle to be all the Kyle that Kyle can be, he needs a guy like Houston Griffith, or maybe it's DJ Brown. I mean, you, you need one of those guys to step up. I poor and poor DJ. All you, all we've seen all spring long is, is poor DJ getting just rocked by Michael Mack. He's getting that Clarence Lewis uh, <laughs> treatment though, where every yeah. time you see him in a clip, yeah, that, it's <laughs> it's it's not a good look, and it, that's not to say he hasn't had a good spring, you know. But every clip of you see of Michael Mayer is usually like DJ Brown <laughs> defending one on one. It's like ah, oh, you already know how this is gonna go. So no, I'm extremely high on him, and as we all should be. We all know. I mean, shit, we've known since since in high school that Kyle Hamilton was gonna come in and be a really good player, and then fall camp his freshman year when every writer is like, um, we're not shitting around here. Uh, this guy's incredible. Like you, like no hype at all. Just like this shit's going to be incredible. Uh, we all, we all knew Greg's note. And if you didn't know, then you're not following at Greg 2126, which I highly recommend that you do. So what right. about point two with uh, yeah. the receivers who I, improves the most yeah, points are breakout and reliable. So let's, let's go, let's break this down. We each, uh, we'll each answer the a letter going around. So Jude, which receiver do you think improves the most from last year? Kevin Austin. Because he will play. <laughs> yeah. That's your bar. And seeing the field is all that matters. Um, I mean, it's hard, hard to say, right? Lindsay hampered by injuries. Key's not, maybe not as used as much as he thought he would be. Obviously maybe if we thought we, he would be, so he's prime candidate. I mean, how much more do you want to involve Avery Davis in your offense? I'm, I'm, that's Avery Davis slander and probably don't have to, to take that. But, um, you know, I, I think the answer is, for me is Austin. Okay. Brendan. I mean, that's probably a safe answer for breakout as well. Um, I also see that it's very possible that Braden Lindsay has something maybe a little more unique than some of the other guys. And that's that speed where, I could, there's definitely some things that Brain Lindsay might, I thought last year he was going to be poised for a breakout. And I think it's that Tim O'Malleyism where if you think a guy's going to break out the spring before and then he doesn't, um, why would you think that he wouldn't the next year? So like maybe we were a little preemptive on it and, you know, there's the injuries too, but 
I really do think that Brain Lindsay is poised for a breakout to have be that guy to take the top off. And if the first five practices are any indication, uh, maybe not so much the next six, um, but he's had some some highlights of, of going over the top and making a you know, catches on long pass plays, um, both from, um, well, no, they've had a lot of Easter eggs either on theirs or on other players on the, on the player sites too. Notre Dame's, uh, delivery of, uh, of spring football to everybody has has been a lot like the Marvel universe, um, (laughs) where here's the main thing, but you got a lot of Easter eggs up in all this. Uh, I'm thinking it's more like a JJ Abrams joint. Do you remember when he did that Cloverfield and then like Cloverfield was an okay movie. It was pretty good. But like the lead up to it, how they kept like putting Easter eggs and like their viral marketing and stuff that that was where the real or like lost where it was like the Easter eggs around it were in like the following was almost better than the actual show. Oh, you mean like the way we're going to do uh, <laughs> uh the force awakens and then we're all screwed because he, he wasn't there for the eighth one wasn't there for it. Yeah. <laughs> we need to retcon the whole thing. And then that was a disaster. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I really like, I like watching my boy Larry keys because quietly he has been a standout all spring long. And whether it's been those, um, those Easter egg videos, or whatnot. He just he kind of stands out a little bit. He looks really good. He looks a lot stronger uh, than he did last year. I, I think we expected a lot from him last year, and we got damn near nothing. Um, and so I think there's a not to say that you know, you know who, who's going to prove the most like is going to be like your biggest you know contributor. I just think he's going to improve a lot more on what he did last year quite a bit. I mean, I think there's a lot of, I mean, Joe Wilkins is a candidate for that too, as well. Yeah. But I just, just seeing what, what, uh, what old Larry keys has been up to this, uh, this spring, I, I think, I think they're going to see a massive improvement, uh, in, in his production. All right. That's pretty interesting he, that we went all three. Well, well, and then Wilkins with the mention, uh, that we went with the 18 kids. That's pretty interesting, right? Well, there was the, a lot of, I mean, one of them has got, yeah. one of them has got to work, right? One of them's got to work, but uh, right down the list, we went uh, uh, Kevin Austin, Lindsey, and Keys. And we didn't say anything about Micah Jones because he transferred. No, no. <laughs> I tried to uh, have a man crush last year on Kevin Austin. He just wouldn't let it happen because he got himself injured. No. But uh, I kept yeah. picking him for like MVPs of games, and he had only had like one catch. So, yeah, so, he's he swore off your, he swore off relationships, Jude. That's why. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, okay, so who is? Uh, I guess I think A and B kind of go hand in hand. Like, who's improves the most and who's posed for a breakout? I think we kind of like. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's different for you guys. To me, it seems like the same. You could make like, an argument that Avery Davis could be the guy that improves <clears throat> the most because. Because all of a sudden he's a focal point of the offense uh, from a guy who actually played. Uh, you could say that he improves the most, right? Because yeah, that's I really mean, the only option as far as wide receivers who played last if year. They th- if they throw to him right. 60 times, yeah. I mean, how would you not vote? How would you vote against him? But I mean, yeah, poised, but, for a bre- poised for a breakout. And I mean, are, are we dipping into like, 
Lorenzo Styles break it out? So George, I think I mean, A, getting, A, is, A is all about reality and B is all about potential, right? Voice yeah, for breakout sure. means like on the precipice. We just think his talents are way better than what he's shown on the field. Right, but like your answer, Kevin Austin, yeah. he applies to A and B. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Because he, he has yeah. both, right? Yep. He has some he has enough realities <laughs> to show us the potential. So <laughs> I mean I just I I think all the guys we mentioned, I think there's A and B involved there, both. Like Braden Lindsay, like Brandon said for improves the most from last year, which means he's breaking out. I mean, really. I mean, just because he had a little bit of a splash in at 19 didn't mean that he broke out. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't call that a breakout year for for Lindsay. That's just that was a splash. Last year, we were looking for that breakout year for Lindsay for injuries. That was the expectation. Yeah. And, you, you know, you so, take number zero. There's an expectation, too, that uh, you got to back up taking number zero. I mean, if you're going to do it, you got to back it up. Yeah. And I think I think uh, that's when he showed it in that that first uh, bomb that he caught in the video and he throws the ball down. I think I think he's ready to bring it. I, I mean, I, I did like I said that then, too. I mean, I, I, I know it's a small thing and some people will think it's nothing. I think that's a huge thing. I think the attitude that you bring to practice to compete and mind you, I base all of the word. My entire definition of the word compete is based off of uh, 2000 Pete Carroll USC. I can't hear the word compete without instantly <laughs> thinking of those USC teams because fucking Carroll must have used it like 20 times in every at pre- every press conference. I mean, constantly. And then, you, you know, when you dive into how he ran that program and it was all about compete Tuesday, but you know, those guys beat the shit out of each other for the privilege of being the starters. And so that could that competition, that competitive edge, seeing Braden Lindsay, you know, do that little bit, that fuck. Yeah. Throw the spike of the ball down on that long thing. I know it's small, but to me, it meant, you know, it meant a great deal. I mean, he wants it. He fucking wants yep. this. So, you know, when you when you haven't had the success that you thought you were going to have, like I think Braden Lindsay and I think a lot of us thought it, that things were going to be differently for him in those first few years of the program. Get, just making sure that you're driving for, to to get there. I think that's important to have that kind of mental attitude. Um, <clears throat> C ends up being Mr. Reliable, and I'm just not sure if we could use the word reliable. Is that is that the offensive word? Because Mister Dependable is used on defense. Uh, do, I mean, do we need to call Tom Hammond for this one? I think it's Pat I Hayden think, who went overboard oh, on the Mister Dependable. Mister Dependable. Yeah, Harrison Smith, Mister Dependable. Um, uh, Kyle McCarthy. Kyle McCarthy. Kyle McCarthy, Mister Dependable. Mr. Dependable. He was basically any white, any white. I if I watched enough Rocky Boyman film, uh, he would probably have been called Mister Dependable at one point. <laughs> no, no, no. They can't get past the fact that, that some uh, 19, 20 year old kid in the early 2000s was listening to Metallica. Isn't that so? Isn't that great? Can you believe that he listens to Metallica before he goes out and plays football? That's that's, a, that's crazy. <laughs> Meanwhile, Miami's like two live crew. Have you ever heard of them? Oh God, those old 
I mean, hate I Miami you- all you want. Hate on, hate Miami all you want, but I'm telling you, you can't you can't look at those those late '80s and early '90s teams without kind of a smile on your face because fuck, man, those guys didn't give a shit, and I love that kind of attitude. Just go out, be you, even if it's a total asshole bastard. You, that's fantastic. Walking off a walking off a plane and army fatigues you. Go do it. All right, so. <laughs> Who's Mr. Reliable? So basically, who's the who's the white safety playing wide receiver? It's uh, Avery, Avery Davis. Davis. Or, Avery Davis. Or it's Joe Wilkins, right? <sighs> Joe Wilkins just has that that season. You know, the Javon McKinley, uh, you know, just comes out there and has like, you know, 45, 55 catches for 800 yards. I mean, I I think Gabriel Davis is it. You, I mean, I, you can't I, you can't call any. You, there's nobody else that you could actually put in a reliable category. Like Avery Davis has the most production out of him, right? He also so had the, the play really of the fit. season. Yeah, I mean, he had the play of the season last year, right? The the catch against Clemson that that counts for Absolutely. something. Right? That, play, that play had to happen. It that was play the, it was to, the play, play of 2020. No, right. not since when. Uh, that play hasn't happened on offense since when? When in Notre Dame, like, because I mean, yes, there was some margin. Um, well, in the, the Citrus Bowl, the Citrus but that Bowl? was like, Bo- yeah, Boykin, Bo- but that was, was once Boykin? again against a, a seven win, um, you know, LSU team. Right, but we're not going to, we don't, and, when you bring up yeah, the SEC I, I, teams, don't bring up their win totals. They're, that, they're okay. right, they don't care. They're the SEC. We'll they don't take lose those anyway. dubs against. We'll take those mid. We'll take those Brady Quinn dubs against. Let, listen, would you bring up? This is just a, a special statement to all you Notre Dame listeners out there. Anytime you bring up a, a win over an SEC team, don't ever bring up their actual records that Notre Dame had, that they had when Notre Dame beat them, because the SEC doesn't care about anything. The, the guys that are chanting like SEC, they're like guys from Kentucky. And so what the fuck? You know, so we count a 22-17 win against Vanderbilt in in the SEC you, bucket. What you do is you let the SEC fan bash the SEC school. Oh, play yeah, better like themselves. Like Give them their said, own yeah, rope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let let them do their own damage. Like, huh? So that you're can telling you, me the SEC isn't that good? Can yeah, you good. can you imagine a time in which the SEC was so weak? That Vanderbilt, Georgia Tech, and Tulane were all thinking about quitting the SEC, and Vanderbilt was the only one that stuck around. <laughs> I can't imagine. I subscribed recently to the Matt Brown uh, email newsletter. Oh. I usually sub- actually do paid subscriptions, but he talked me into it, and I'm I'm actually been pretty glad with the with the results so far. Oh, he's excellent, and he's right up your alley. Like he's he's a FOIA king, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and we're talking about extra points uh, uh, newsletter, which Matt Brown. Uh, just full disclosure, he is the originator. Uh, he's the OG with the four and eight Notre Dame <laughs> meme, but he's also my former boss at uh, here at SB Nation. Really good guy, and really has a very interesting outlook when it comes to. Uh, college athletics as a whole and the business side of it. 
Uh, and it's an it's extremely informative uh, newsletter. It also has a, uh, uh, a podcast with Brian Fisher. Uh, it, they do a really good job. It's all, it's all really well worth it, as far as I'm concerned. Just a non-paid advertisement for, for something. If you, especially this summer, when you're just like scrounging for the last drop. And you can only listen to our podcast so many times. There's a lot, there's a lot of other, I, I will, if you need something, just ask me, I will point you in the right direction for extra content that won't like make you furious. Uh, and that is definitely one of them. So we're just going, we're just going to say every Davis, right? Yeah. Davis. Okay. Yeah. All right. 30 minutes in there's question one. Um, <laughs> moving on to Mr. PND. Who would win if you were to pick a coach from the current staff to take with you in a fight? Who would it be and why? You got to go scrap, Jude. Which which Notre Dame coach are you taking? Dude, if you're not current taking Matt Bale, it's like, what are you fucking doing here? Right? I mean, you, you want him to talk like this to the guy? You picking up my friend Jude? Yeah, that's exactly what I want. I want exactly that. I could do that for you, Jude. Jesus. <laughs> it's too old. I think I think Matt Bayless could eat a badger. Uh, a badger. A badger. No, it wasn't a badger. It was a Canadian lynx, right? Um, no, it was bobcat. a bobcat. It was a bobcat. I think bobcat. Matt Bayless could eat a bobcat farther than a guy who has was a gun on his waist. <laughs> I uh <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, sorry. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. If you don't know, you need Matt to go Bayless look up. Is, Matt Bayless is too old. He's old and busted. I'm going with Jacob Flint, who is his right hand man in the strength and conditioning, who is the younger oh. of the two. Yeah, he was and that's what I'm one. going for because he's got that like I can he's, I throw, he's the one that show axes on the weekend beard. Yeah. He's the one that trained with uh, Seamus. Did you ever see that workout where Seamus came and did a workout in the ND weight facility? I think he yeah. he went with Coach yeah. Flint. So. See, I'm going in an entirely different direction, and I think you guys know where. I'm taking Mike Elston. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. Number one. That dad strength. He is a four. He is a four one nine brother. I which, look. We get in a lot Eric of fights. Certainly do impact. We, we get in a lot of fights in this neck of the woods. Uh, growing up, uh, it's just a it's a natural thing. It's not a. It's just a. You just. I mean, just look at him. Which is you know my that's my Audrey Kestame, uh evaluation of <laughs> Mike Elston. Just look at him. Dad, the, the the dad strength going on there. He's got the this guy is just he's built to to protect things. So I mean, if I got Mike Elston on my with me rolling down we we're taking care of all we we got it 419 you know coming i would just i would just knock the cell phone off its belt clip and then he'd <laughs> go to reach down to pick it up and then sucker punch him no see but if it's on his belt clip he's not caring if it went off his belt oh because it probably he's is not, an otter box right it's just it's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> build the whole human out of the otter box he's, yeah. uh, so yeah, I, I want he's, he's built to be, he's built to be in that kind of environment of uh, of going into the fight. He's he's the he's the protector. He's he's the guy who's not going to tell you no. Uh, he's got your back. Go with Mike Elston. So I want to 
expand on this uh, question a little bit and say, if this was like dodgeball and we all had, we were doing a round robin draft or whatever, who would be the two coaches at the end? Who would be the two coaches standing next to each other going, am I going to be the last pick or is this guy going to be the last pick? Well, Tommy oh, Reese is pick saying- one, right? Yeah, Tommy What's Reese that? is pick one. Lance Taylor's, Tommy Reese and Lance Taylor pick one and two. It'd probably be Jeff Quinn. I don't know, Mike the Mickens? bottom of Mike what Mickens about, and Marcus Freeman would be picks one What about two. Xavier Lezinski? Can't you uh, – I mean, I know he's a former player, so he's just out of the way program. But at the same time, like, I mean, is going to give it to you? Is Jeff Quinn the last one on the staff to get picked? Yeah. No, yeah, I, Jeff Quinn I is, take, he's an old man. I'd take Tommy but, Reese before But he does – but look right, at that jaw. No, 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 Jude, Jude, when you say look last Jeff one Quinn's pick. Jaw, you yeah. know what Jeff Quinn is? Jeff Quinn is the guy who refuses uh, to put on a mask going into a store – and then gets beat up by an 18 year old kid. Right. Unfortunately. Right, right. <laughs> well, he's, a, he's an old man. Right. So, I mean, I love Brian Pullian, but it's probably, well, Brian Kelly's probably at the bottom of the list too. Cause he's yeah, firing. Probably, yo, Brian Kelly versus Jeff Quinn. I'm, I'm taking Quinn, right? Oh, I don't know about that, man. Fucking look at Brian. Look at Brian BK. Kelly knows Yogi. He knows he's, he's a Yogi. He's got all those yoga skills. He can like yoga fire and stuff now. I mean, he's trained with that doll seam. Uh, I think you guys are underrating Brian Kelly's, uh, you know, skills. Crap. Yeah. He's fucking, I mean, I mean, look at I BK. Saw a dance move. He was, a, I saw he was a, dance a former move. security guard. Brian Kelly was a former security guard. Go look at those pictures. Go look at those guns. Mall cop is rocking. Yeah, dude, you can't. We're not asking if Brian Kelly from 1978 is going to show up and fight. Come on, this is present day Brian Kelly. Hey, as someone who's getting older, this the fire's still there. The fire's still there. (laughs) If you if you got put in that position, you could still light it up. If if you if you lit it up as a 22 year old at 56, you still have that same that same uh down in the down in the fucking gut of your system. Now you're not going to be able to do the same things you did that age for sure, but you definitely got the fuck, you know, you got the, the, the intestinal fortitude, whatever bullshit where you come up with. You got it to, to to manage it. Fuck. I'll take Brian Kelly to scrap. Oh, oh, oh you mean he's wait, Irish. Wait. So, you know, he's not going to give up. I said uh, Xavier Linsky, but I meant Nick Lezinski. Nick Wisniewski, yes. yeah, linebackers. Um, well, let's let's pivot to the second part of the question because it's the same one, but choose any head coach from the Notre Dame football program. I, I think that would be all time, all time. Yeah. And there's only one answer, and it's interim head coach Moose Krause, right? <laughs> I mean, hell of a pick. That's the, that's the only answer. I don't think you can take anyone else. You can't convince listen. me otherwise. Red Sand. <laughs> Moose Krause did not listen. Moose Krause grew up in the fucking slaughterhouse streets of Chicago. That's all they did was fight. That's all All they did did was fight. He he fought a teacher as a student. He like threw a teacher. He threw a teacher. No, the answer is Moose Krause with a bullet. (laughs) Yeah, there's there there really is no other answer. I think I mean. How about like let's do modern era? What would be like era on? Who would you take? Oh, oof. all right. So what it would are are we putting the the cutoff at divine? Or are we saying like nineteen eighty onward? Or well, are we era saying onward, so sixty four onward? So who 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 wins in so a scrap? AP era. Weiss versus BK. 
BK. Ooh. Oh, no, I think. Oh, I don't know. Why can't move, man? Yeah, but he can probably take a lot of damage. <laughs> right? Yeah, but once what, he's on the ground, he's not to the knee. He can't. Yeah, <laughs> oh. to the knee. Uh, okay. I mean, you. You get around him and get a Look, and get a either one of these the, people are going to survive till the end, so it doesn't really matter who I pick here. Yeah, um, Bob Davy. Are we talking about when they're coaching? Yeah, when the coaching. George O'Leary in the mix. Uh, <laughs> no, George O'Leary is not in the mix. Oh, okay. he technically he was, he was a head coach. He technically was. I mean, we're technically saying the Moose Krause is the king here, which no one expected except for us. So you got to be. So George O'Leary has to be in that mix. If okay, we're allowed, George O'Leary's in the mix. Ken Bear too. Ken Bear's in the mix, right? Ken, Ken Bear's Bear definitely in the mix. Definitely I mean, in the mix. And if anybody <laughs> besides Bob be a... Davy had uh, coached those games where Lou Holtz had the spinal surgery, then they would be in the mix too. Are we? Are we 100 sold that Jerry Faust would be would be the last place at all? <laughs> Well, would you take would you take Ty Willingham over Jerry Faust? I would, yeah, because Jerry wouldn't fight. That's the problem. No, he, Jerry would he's just, like he would pray for you. Let's, let's talk He'd this say, out. Let's talk this yeah, out. He said, "Son, I'll take the beating. Give it to me." <laughs> he's like, "Well, if you're allowed, Ty, be like, he is going to allow me to hit him. <laughs> I am going to do that." Uh, and so I did. I mean, would you take Jerry over Lou Holtz? Because if you get if you get the Lou at Lou at the end, he's basically <laughs> he's gotten the next spinal the fuse at this on. point. Yeah, like I mean, even even young Lou Holtz was only a buck oh five. I mean, I know there's he was a, just, he was a Fred Rogers, right? All you have to do is get a hold of him and throw him against the wall if you fuck. Someone that small, if you're much bigger than a guy, you really only just got to get a, a hold of him and then just continuously throw him up against the fucking wall or get him on the ground. He continuously bash his head into the fucking ground. It's just, it's a matter of size at that point. That's why the guy's twice my size. It's like, shit, how do you, if he, if he gets a hold of me, I'm fucked. There's just, no matter how tough I am or how many punches I get into him, if he gets a hold of me, good to the ground, I'm screwed because he's just twice my size. Now, if you find somebody twice my size, that's a big fucking dude, but it's happened before. I just, Jerry Faust is too nice. There's, Can but, we bring our weapons included? Are you allowed to bring a weapon to the fight? Well, I mean, What's Jerry Lou would bring a cross. So. What's Lou have? A piece of grass? No, no, he, no, has no, no. His, he has saying, his hands because he likes to take he's got his hands. helmets. <laughs> um, I was saying, if you can bring weapons, um, Tyron Willingham might have a shot uh, with his golf, golf club. club. Otherwise, yeah. he's not going to be interested in the fight anyway because he's going to be too busy in the links. If he can't be bothered to recruit for the team that he is employing him, there's no way he he's going to be bothered to fight. Yeah, he doesn't show up yeah, to fight because he had a teeth. He got a he had a tea time, yeah. I thought you said teeth cleaning, and I was like, oh, that's actually pretty funny. Yeah. So yeah, tea time's funny too. Two, two of the all-time greats we haven't talked about at all. So Rockney versus Leahy, who wins that fight? I think Rockney does. Rockney because Leahy probably has like an ulcer. Yeah, mid fight. He was very. It was a sickly kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he. I mean, look, he played ball. Although like, Rocky was a sickly, sickly kid too. So yeah, when they yeah. were coaches, uh, that's a but tough I mean, one. Leahy, Leahy literally looked. How old was he when he retired? He was like he was forty two, forty eight. No, yeah, no. I think he was like forty eight. Or was, yeah, how old was? 
I, I, I'd have to look it back up. But he was a young guy when he finally retired. But he looked almost twice his goddamn age. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was he. It was rough. I don't know, but Leahy does have. He was born uh, in 1908, and he retired 53? in 53. That's right. So yeah, 45. Spot on. 45. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, he he looked like he was 65, 70 years old when he retired. Just the, that that body. Just like, language, do you ever man, notice that Sparky Anderson never looked younger than seventy two? Ever. It's like Steve like he, Martin. Steve Martin. Like you never can go look younger. at pictures of Sparky as the Reds coach in the nineteen sixties, and he still looks seventy two. <laughs> like I, I looked it up to one day. Like find find a young picture of Sparky Anderson. I swear to you, that guy came out of the uterus <laughs> at seventy two years old. It's like Leslie Nielsen or Tommy Lee Jones, where they were just they've always been old men. Or yeah. uh, it's just that's, did you that's know, just the way it did is. Did you know Gene Hackman uh, didn't do a film until he was forty? And do you know what Gene Hackman's last film was? Uh, Tower no. Inferno two. Welcome to Mooseport with Ray Romano. It came oh, out like 2008. That was the last movie he did? Yeah, he hasn't done a movie in 13 years. Uh, the last one was Welcome movie, to Mooseport. By the way. Welcome to Mooseport, by the way. Mooseport. Mooseport, sorry. Well, whatever. It, it, it's an underrated movie. It's, it's pretty good. So number yeah, two, you, we're all in agreement. It is... Uh, sorry. It's, uh, Moose Cross. <laughs> yeah, Moose Cross, Moose Cross is... You got to give it to him. The cheater answer. He also takes he also takes the answer if you were to do this with uh, Notre Dame basketball coaches. Yeah, because <laughs> he, he was the head coach of Notre Dame basketball. So. God, I wouldn't want Matt and Dirty athletic directors. And athletic directors. Moose Cross is the fucking king. I'm telling you, one might say that he might even be. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a nickname out here for him. Just spitball. Triple Klaus. But uh, what if I called him uh, Mr. Notre Dame? Is that uh, sound original? You might be accurate. You might be accurate. Now, one thing I, I don't know about Moose, did he, when did, when did Bengal Bout start? R.O. Matt Boomer, who is a Bengal Bout uh, fighter, would, would, would definitely know the history, but. 50s? I, I don't. I if swear. If the 50s, there is a 0% chance Moose wouldn't have wanted to get involved. <laughs> you don't even want it to. But did, <laughs> I swear I read somewhere. Somewhere it said that Moose had, had dabbled in some boxing or whatnot, which doesn't surprise me. I mean, just to well, get to school, him and his brother said a nineteen twenty. It was it began in twenty by Newt Rockney. Yeah, but it so, says yet the purpose of raising funds for the Holy Cross missions in Bangladesh that truly gave the Bengalbots his identity it didn't happen until nineteen thirty one. But still, twenty years before I said it was. So I I'm just I'm doing a quick search of Moose Cross boxing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, if I, uh, he was passionate about boxing in her name. Uh, okay. Well, well, if, if Newt Roxy literally organized the boxing club, then he probably was pretty passionate about boxing too. Right. I think he was just pretty passionate about kicking ass <laughs> or getting, getting money. Cause Rockney actually needed the money. Well, true. But like, I mean, we're talking about, an age where the coaches suited up. I can't, I can't sure. stress that enough. Anytime I talk about moose, like the amount got of down in the drills, ma- imagine, imagine Brian Polian having to suit up and <laughs> Rockney fucking demanded it or late demanded of his, I mean, they, 
your assistant coaches were out there in pads. Like that was part of your job is to go is to go one on one with these young studs. And when you're kicking their you ass, remember Ruffin McNeil? I'm just yeah. trying to picture Ruffin McNeil like <laughs> suiting up and like <laughs> getting out there to yeah uh, hey, to get you, you know who you know who else uh, looks like they they were born at the age of seventy? Mac Brown. Oh, you mean the the best football coach who's ever lived that uh, most football programs should model the recruiting after? Yeah, that Mac Brown. Uh, well, never Brown beat Florida State. Florida State, yeah. <laughs> Including when they were a top five team and Florida State was unranked. <laughs> that was my favorite part of that whole tweet. That was my favorite part. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see here. Um, Next one from RJ Brun 17 surprises next season. Who do you see as surprise contributor contributors on offense and defense next year? Last year, I was really not expecting Clarence Lewis or Avery Davis to contribute as much as they did, which made me very happy, no doubt. And this year we've been hearing a lot about Spindler and Fisher, Patello, Foskey, Bracey, Wilkins, etc. Give me one guy on each side. You think outperforms their expectations bonus. Anyone else in the roster can sneak into round one. With a strong final season. All right, so let's let's just let's break this down to the parts. So surprise contributors on offense. Uh, let's start there. Jude, uh, you got anybody in mind? So this is tough because you can define surprise in two ways, right? Which is the level of surprise where you have started with, um, you know. Your, your, the maximum amount of surprise you could possibly have or the difference in between surprise that you had from last year to this year, right? That makes any sense? So, like, if, if Michael Meyer and Mayer caught 70 balls or whatever, like, Not I'd, be a little, I'd be a little surprised, but I wouldn't be a lot surprised because I know who he was based on his performance last year. So that's a long-winded way of saying, I mean, I think it's got to be. Did Javon McKinley surprise you last year? Yes. Okay. So think. I guess thinking along yeah. those lines. Yeah, because I was I was tempted to say that whoever gets the job is a is a freshman offense offensive tackle. But uh, if I had to pick a guy who already contributed last year and could do a lot more this year, um, Avery Davis, the returning leading receiver, is going to surprise you. But keeping the wolves at bay. Cause there's, I mean, there's Larry, he's, he'd be taking sl- snaps from Larry keys, right? And so, Brad and, Lindsay, Larry and keys. Young Lorenzo styles and Lorenzo styles. So yeah, that's, that's a good call. I'm not, I would be actually a little bit surprised if Avery Davis was able to keep the wolves at bay. Yeah, I'm rooting hard for Avery Davis. There's, there's, there's yeah. some, there's some very subtle Avery Davis slander on this podcast that I would not stand for. I'm not slandering. I'm just saying that there are there's there are a lot of players who came up at the position that they were recruited to play behind him um, that are expected right, to make some I mean, moves. But now he, I mean, he's settled in now. Like there is yes. no more bullshit moving around. And there still is a trick play uh, in order. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's um, look. It's not like he's the returning receiver like. 
as a stud. I mean, he's <laughs> so it was like it's a huge, huge season. So I think I mean, I mean, if you want to say him being a surprise as a uh, as like one of the leading contributors, like one of the leading receivers, I could I could see that. Brendan, who has more? Brendan, who has more attempted passes in 2021, Avery Davis or any tight end? That's a trick question because we all know Brian Kelly likes to have the tight end throw the pass. Uh, <laughs> Avery Davis. <laughs> and let's be clear, this is going to end one zero either way, right? Nobody's attempting two passes to somebody Nobody's else's attempting one. Attempting two passes? Right. No, I, absolutely not. I don't know. Brian Kelly's just dangling that Avery Davis. Uh, used to be a quarterback, throws the reverse pass oh, gosh, in front yeah. of all of us. It just, he, it's never going to happen. <laughs> it's just, it's so sad. It's right there for the taking. And you got the speed at receiver to do it. Like Brayden, Brayden Lindsay doesn't need a whole lot to get past somebody. Just you know what I mean? float it up and just get yeah. it up, give him, get enough left and let him run under it. Like how strong is Avery Davis's arm? Like how far can he throw? Was he a four star? I'm pretty sure he was a four star quarterback. Right, but I mean, there's four. I mean, Drew Pine was. Drew Pine's a four star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm saying, how you know how far can he fucking throw? Because you got to think of how the amount of time it takes to do like a fake reverse pass. Like how far down the field Brandon Lindsay's going to be at that point? I mean, you got to be able to hit it. It has to be, you know, yeah. bang, bang. Uh, surprise player, Brendan, who you got? Offense? Um, let's go with Kane Barong. Um, if he has 10 catches, I'd be surprised, and they could be pretty meaningful, impactful <laughs> catches. He's looked good. Uh, I think that's a – there's been a lot of buzz about him in uh, in camp. So far, I mean, obviously, Takis is going to be the sort of inline blocking tight end, but. Um, Who they've shown quite a bit, though, this spring, catching quite a few balls. Takis is, has appeared they to have. Are, they have definitely shown a lot of emphasis on throwing to tight ends this year, while last year it was sort of Mayer and using tight ends to block. Uh, they've, they've shown some more variety with how they want to use Which them this year. Which is incredible when you, th- when you think about think about last year. No spring, no uh, spring. A, fuck, yeah. a fucked up fall camp, and yeah. then a freshman tight end becomes like your go-to tight end uh, receiver. That's that's and by the end of the year, good. Yeah, go-to receiver overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, th- I'm third, a third of four. You, you you're looking for mayor every yeah. time. Mayor's a first round pick. Are for you sure. guys trying to figure out the frequency of? Tight end play, tight end catches, based off of three minute run state media or state run media. Yeah, we're trying to. <laughs> Stop. No, the best no. we can here. Dude. We're doing the best Stop. we can. I don't no. believe so, Brendan's I mean, theory. It's not for another, not for another every, ten days. Every every statement I make about what I saw in those clips comes with the the Copy. asterisk disclaimer of just from what we see. I this could be a thing. Uh, <laughs> Every clip that they put out there is deliberate and intentional, trying to push a narrative or push a message to a player. Every single one of them, because uh, it's not state-run media 
unless every clip has that's the, the nature of state run media. It's that's right. Hey, what you what you guys didn't know is that uh Brendan's uncle is Bill Cooper. And yeah, uh you yeah. don't even believe don't even believe him. Do your own research. Do your own research. Damn it, let me tell you about these frogs. <laughs> <laughs> The secret communist government coming to take your kids. All right. <clears throat> Offense, I I just I think it's there for the taking, right? And I think Blake Fisher is going to – it's not going to be a surprise to anybody because of the reporting, but it's just like it should be a surprise because it's a fucking freshman. It, it's not a common thing. So even if it isn't like a like the out-of-the-blue nowhere surprise, it certainly is a surprise of – if a freshman comes in and, and gets that. So I, I guess I'll go with, with Fisher as being the kind of the surprise of the offense, um, which I would give to any, any, any freshman that, that ends up playing significant time along the offensive line. You know, I would have said that about Haynes in 17, you know, Kramer, you know, when, when he was playing as a freshman as well, I just, that at, at that position group, at a place like Notre Dame, having a freshman come in and being a big-time contributor is surprising. Even if you've been, even if you got forty reporters writing eight hundred stories about about that in the spring, it's still surprising. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, uh, defense now, Jude. So, I, I feel like I'm in pretty much... Uh, oh, Jude's breaking up. I'll take over for him. Uh, well, yeah, he collects you, his uh, internet. Yeah, about he's going to have to collect his internet. Oh, he's still with me? Uh, we yeah, lost you for a hot second. You sound a little okay. uh, a little robotic, but uh, go ahead. Uh, Jordan Botello. That's all I wanted to say. Just <laughs> been high at him. So. As you should be. As yeah, you should yeah. be. Those poly kids, man. They know it. They, yeah. they do. Undefeated. Give me uh, – I mean, who wins? 22 Ricky Waters versus 22 Polynesian kids. 22 that's Polynesians. A, that's a hell of a game, but the off, but the lines are going to be heavily in the Polynesians' favor. They certainly are. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, I like the Jordan Patello thing because I think that he's going to be a different maker on that second level of the you know linebacker. Um, I guess a surprise for me would be um, Riley Mills. Does that sound? I think he's going to be that guy that's going to. Uh, see a lot of snaps coming in, sort of a secondary role. Um, and I can t- sort of see him playing the same kind of role that Foskey played early on in his career. Um, Riley Mills, 
for all reports from uh, – uh, I heard that he's got quite a connection uh, city-wise with uh, a coach on the staff, which gives him kind of an end too, which, which helps, right? <laughs> um, like worse than the house. Uh, but yeah, no, Riley Mills, uh, was the guy that until this upcoming recruiting class was the highest rated defensive line prospect in seemingly forever. Um, and a lot of people, you know, Pete Sampson wrote a pretty big write up on him. Um, and they're really high on Riley Mills coming into the season. So Riley Mills for me is kind of that, uh, the way that Alston likes to rotate those, the defensive line. Um, I think yeah, he's going to get a lot of snaps. snaps. Yeah, those yeah, guys I are all going to get a lot snaps. of snaps and make an impact on the strong side. And that's and being on the field is important, which is why yeah, I think answer, so. my answer of Bo Bauer, I, I think to the casual fan, Bo Bauer will be a surprise because he wasn't technically a starter, right? I mean, he wasn't a starter, but I think I think maybe it's more of a surprise of having Drew White and Bo Bauer out there on the field at the same time. So if, if you allow me to have a little bit of a of a cheat there in the answer, um, it's Bo Bauer. The caveat of him and Drew White at the same time—that's that, surprising to have those both out there. I think it's—I think if that's the direction they go. I think that's that's great. That's what I'd like to see. I was—I'm surprised because I didn't think that was going to be the the route it'd go. I thought it would be more of a rotational kind of a thing as, as it's been. Freeman has stated that uh, that's definitely a possibility. You know, so they're looking at getting their, their cross training to get the three best linebackers out there. I think Bo Bauer just again looking at those three minute clips, but you cannot is one thing, but you can't take away what I've seen with Bo Bauer, and that's like he's a lot faster than you would give a grizzly bear. That's why grizzly bears fucking kill you. Uh, it's because they look so big that you think you can outrun, not outrun a grizzly bear. He looks <laughs> so quick and aggressive. I. I mean, I think Bo Bauer is about to have a, a really big season. Um, and I think if, you, if you're if you able to get him and Drew White out there at the same time, you have some sure tackling, you have some aggression. And, I, you know, like I said, you may not think Bo Bauer and speed go hand in hand, but watching those clips, he, he looks really quick right now. He looks really quick. Uh, and, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not Wu-Tang quick. But I mean, who is? But I mean, it, it's it, it, that that actually did surprise me this spring was seeing how much faster he looked on the field. Whether that has to do with the scheme change or not, I don't. You know, just go out and get it instead of having to react to something. But I think that could be a surprise. I think I think Bo Bauer could be could be more than just the the animal that you know him at, like the guy that just fucks shit up. Uh, I mean, fucks other players up as the guy that, that is really a, a bigger part of the Notre Dame defense. And a candidate for, I mean, probably not captain, but I mean, he's going to be a leader on that team. He just, you can see it. Um, let's see here. Bonus. Who, who can sneak in round one with a strong final season? I mean, Jack Cohn. Could he do the, he do the Joe Cohn. Burrow? Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams could. Uh, the running back's tough. But yeah, Kyron would the, be one I could. Running back's Ky- tough. Because I don't know if a running back's even going to go this year. And Kyron right now is like, uh, I just saw like a, 
a ranking of uh, returning running backs. And I think he's like in like the mid teens. He's not right? even on the radar. Yeah, he's not even on the radar, yeah, like, which like, I think is an absolute travesty. The fact that the na- that's something maybe for another day is the national media, the underselling of Kyron Williams um, from a national perspective is almost criminal. The fact, the way in which he's overlooked by national pundits is, it's unfathomable. Like, they, they must not have seen what I saw last year, which was, which like Kyron Williams swapped, bo- like swapped like bodies. And it's just, it wasn't even the same guy. He could have, he no. could have put a different name he on him. everything. He, yeah. Yeah. He, he blocked. I mean, he blocked, he caught, I mean, he, there, was there was a lot of similarities between the entire him. highlight package of him picking up the blitz. Yeah. Against Clemson. Yeah. Because that's what yeah. <laughs> against Clemson. He fucking, he killed the blitz. Uh, he, was game. A 75, he was a 75 yard run. And then let me follow it up with a absolute clinic on how to pick up the blitz for 59 minutes after that. It just, which is everything we were told that ha- you have to be as an Day running back. Right. Like that's why yeah, when people, gotta, why is it why why wasn't Greg Bryant on Dex? the field? Yeah, where's Dex, where's Dex Williams? Because he couldn't pick. Here's Kyron Williams. Like, yeah, I'm gonna take this one to the house, and then for most of the game, I'm just gonna make sure the quarterback doesn't get killed by picking up all these blitzes. And it wasn't yeah. just like it, it wasn't like uh, defending the or uh, you know blocking the edge like a running. Like no, he wasn't chipping. He wasn't chipping guys. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> wasn't going out to the edge to to pick up that guy on, on the outside you know, just kind of give him a little chip. He was stepping up in the middle, taking guys out. He was coming across the quarterback to take a blindside guy out. I mean, this, it was an incredible. Oh, he he felt thing. it in the first, you could see he was a step zone that first half of the BC game too. It was just, yeah, that was a body I mean, blow. And you know what though? That should be celebrated more by the, by the, by yeah. Notre Dame fans. Like that guy fucking gave it his all, you know, to, to, to beat the number one team in the country. Every, all the good joyous feelings you had from that game. Uh, Kyron Williams. I mean, he gets a lot of accolades and a lot of it has to do with that big run in the beginning, but the way he gave his, he unselfishly gave his body to protect uh, Ian book uh, is something that, you know, you should never forget. And you should always remember that how much he lit, how much he laid on the line to win that game. That's important. He, you know, I'll- did that to win the football game. I'll give you guys three names for sneaking to first rounds, you know, strong final I've got, seasons. I've got and two then, of your three names done there. I'm sure of it. Isaiah Foskey, is that one? No. Okay. So Isaiah Foskey is one. Um, what about? I don't think this could be his final season. I think he'll come, I think he'll come back. You think he'll Unless come back? he has like a, a transcendent year, he comes back. Stephon again. Tewitt, 2013. Yeah. That could that that's one where I think that he could he could sort of sneak in. Um, uh, what about uh, Jarrett Patterson? This is his last year, right? Do you think oh, that wow. if he has a a good I'm gonna come season, up with a completely could... different list than you? And then yeah, it's not the center my... going to get drafted in the first round, but that's okay. Well, he's not going to be well, a center. He's well, going to be a guard. Could be a guard. Yeah, we don't know yet. TBA we... or TBD. TBA. <laughs> We just know he's one of the he's one of the five. Like there's without a doubt he's a he's one of the five. Just where exactly? I mean I don't know. From the snaps I saw in one of those clips, Zeke Carell's gonna have to 
get a little a lot more consistent than that. Holy shit. Cause that wasn't just a couple. That was like, here's the first two minutes of, <laughs> of this three minute clip is nothing but shitty snaps. <laughs> so I, maybe they're sending them out. Maybe, maybe that was, maybe Brennan's right. Maybe they're trying to send messages. And maybe the message there was Brian Kelly stepped into the film editing room and said, show every shitty thing Zeke Carell did. We need to light his ass up. Teaching moment. And then the, the last one um, would be, do you think that if he had a big enough season, if the magical unicorn that is the greatest wide receiver to have ever practiced in Notre Dame in the history of football, Kevin Austin had a broke breakout season. Could he sneak into the first round? It's going to have to be a huge season. I feel like you missed two really obvious answers here. It hit me with them. Kyle Hamilton. Well, he's a lock for the first. I, I, he's not going to sneak he's it a, around. He's one. a lock for the first. Yeah. Kyle Hamilton is a lock for the top 10. He's already on you, Dane yeah. Brugler. Who's Dane Brugler has put him as the number two overall prospect coming into the Kyle, Hamil- once, Kyle Hamilton could sit out this entire season and be drafted in yeah. the top 20. I Kyle Hamilton I is a lock. The other side of that easily. He would not be able you to sit out a season. You are already dropping. 20. They are already dropping. Micah, mock drafts listen, Micah Parsons sat out the entire Micah Parsons set out the entire season for um, Penn State. Uh, he's a top ten pick. Look, Kyle Hamilton. Hell, is the the, uh, the kid for uh, Oregon, the tackle for Oregon, sat out the whole year. Um, Javar, Jamar whoa, whoa, whoa. Chase sat out the whole year. You're going to compare a COVID year to a non-COVID year? I'm just saying. I'm these, just saying. These players got first round grades. What I'm saying is that Kyle Hamilton and, is locked into the first round. If he even if he doesn't play a down this year. That's what yeah, I'm saying. I disagree. You look at, and I, you look and at I hope Greg isn't so much of a homer that he, I mean, I know he's going to agree with you guys, but that's, I just no, don't but, think but that's, that's right. That's not a homer. No, dog. I mean, it's it's that, not even homer. They, they're that, already putting out 2022 mock draft. First of all, and Kyle Hamilton is already a top five guy. You got to think about team needs for 2022, right? It's not all going to be safeties that are drafted in the first round. So then he's got to no, be the best safety or the second best well, yeah, safety he, to even be considered for the first tagged. round. He's already, he's tagged, already tagged as, as that. Best. Yeah, he's already tagged. Like, okay, great. Dude, like, it's okay. All this, like Jerry Tillery was tagged as a second round pick the year before he came out. I mean, those so mock drafts so a what, year in advance don't mean anything. So it was Corey Robinson. Dane, but that, yeah, but we're not Dane talking about Corey Robinson the, or Jerry Tiller. Dane Brugler is the athletics Cal. mock draft guy. And he came out with a top top 10 list of, of players for the 2022 class. And number two on that list was Kyle Hamilton. Without Great. question, show me Kyle the list Ham- from last year. Kyle Hamilton checks up. Listen, Kyle Hamilton checks off every box that NFL GMs are looking for in a safety, and then some. He's he is going to he is unqu- There's no doubt at all that he's going to be in the round one. He's not going to sneak into the round one for the final season. He doesn't need need a final season in Notre Dame to be in the first round. He's going to be that guy. That that's it's okay. We could we could say that there there's a whole bunch of other people that aren't Notre Dame fans that are saying that. It's okay. He's that good. It's fine. Um, Michael Mayer's the other, other one. Oh, yeah. Right, but he's a, this is only going to be a second year. He can't go to the NFL. Or I, I, okay, so who else on this roster? No, so he's, he definitely – he could definitely go after this year. Who, Michael Mayer? Yeah. How? Isn't this – it's not going to be his third year, including the COVID year? No, last year was his. He didn't even have a spring last year. Are you running a fever? 
no, 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 no. Is that only prescription? He was a true freshman last year. What's the COVID NFL had- draft? It's a draft age, though, right? It's, is it a draft age or is it a draft year? Do you have to be a at least a junior? Three, you have to be you three be years at a junior. No, well, three years out of high school. He is only going to be a sophomore. He's still. Hey, we get we get uh, we get him back for another year after this year. So Michael Mayer. I, but does, that's one of those deals too, where like Michael Mayer. He's not as well. He's not going to sneak into round one. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I mean, tied. Well, I, I, with Mayer, we're it, that's that. definitely a more of a a potential projection, even more so than Hamilton. But I mean, he's a he's a round one guy. But I, th- I think Jared, pa- I, I think Jared Patterson's a good, is a great candidate for this, where depending upon where he puts, they put him at. Like, look, he was the best center in fucking football last year, maybe or second best center. I don't know. Landon Dickerson uh, has a lot to say about that. But either way, I mean, you're talking about a level of play at a position. You know, it can happen even at center. Landon, but, you know, Landon but, Dickerson's going to be a first round pick this year, probably. I mean, I would be ecstatic of the Steelers if they don't go with, you know. Right. A running so back. Great, I'd, I'd be ecstatic if they took him. Well, the great thing about, listen, the great thing about, uh, about Patterson is this, even if he plays left tackle and starts Notre Dame this year, because an all American at left tackle doesn't mean that a team is just going to dismiss the fact that he played center either. They may be like, look, look, this guy's versatile. Uh, on top of the fact, we think he could be a starter at, at three different positions on our line. He's going to be really good wherever we put him at that, that, that counts for a lot. So, I, I think I think Patterson can be a round one guy with a strong, but he but he needs it though. He needs to have a a strong year to do dominant it. year. Yeah, because I mean, like Alex Bars, I think is a is a great example of a guy who went undrafted, but if he was able to have finished out his final year at Notre Dame, would have gone in the first three rounds. I have no question about that. He was on that he was on that path. But but he needed he needed to show more before he went down for the season. And so, you know, but now he's a starter in Chicago. And Chicago has a illustrious career of um, <laughs> bestowing the tag starter uh, to well-deserving players. Uh, shout out to Andy Dalton. Uh, shout out to Jimmy Clausen, former Chicago Bears starter. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Okay. Irish by choice. My neighbor pissed me off. <laughs> and, uh, he complained about the interlocking ND in my mailbox, not meeting HOA codes. So I'm currently building a seven foot tall wood cutout of the ND that will mount on the peak of my roof for the season. I'm painting it gold with blue around the edges. Here's my question. What damn color gold do I use? The helmets change. The pants change. I want to match the dome, but I have no idea what color code to use. Help me find the right color gold paint to use. And Jude, I, I, I'm, I'm putting this question on the podcast. Jude very quickly answered this on the uh, board so he can get right to work. Uh, but there is a gr- there is a great website on message.nd.edu. It has all their colors. If you need a red that has a Notre Dame red, they have that. They have, a they Notre have all Dame the old brown. logos, too. They have yeah. all the old logos, the retired logos, the retired. It's a great yeah. little spot. Our oh. friend Oak, uh, he, he put 
he uh, I said, hey, I need this. And he sent me that to me years and years ago. And I've used it for all sorts of th- different little things. Uh, so good job, Jude. Quick, quick answer. And uh, good job on that. That's the blue and yellow on all my, my I have the official blue and gold for for the this guy plays at Notre Dame paint splashes. I always use the on yeah, brand. So you got uh, I mean, you have the metallic gold and then you have the the yellow, the non-metallic gold. The real I mean, gold. They, they, yeah, all, the real. they have all the official shit right up over there. So yeah, your metallic gold is your dome color helmet and the the yellow gold is your fucking pants color. How hard is that to comprehend? The pants are not the dome. You're not hookers. The the curtains don't need to match the. Uh, the they drapes. do not. They really do not. <laughs> By the way, you should also um, going into the season. If if Josh's prognostication of the season is on point, you should probably put together a Grace Hall. Uh, number one to get up on there too, complete with like the Christmas lights. Uh, just a, just a suggestion. I mean, Wes has his own. Uh, God love him. Uh, <laughs> they're they're not hard to build. Uh, and I have contemplated as we uh, as today actually as we were talking about when I was talking with the uh, the roofer who came to the house and spent like two fucking hours explaining to me every level of a roof. Um, oh my God, how draining. Uh, my mind did drift off to, I wonder if I give these guys the amount of number one on my roof. <laughs> so, I don't want to get up there and do it. Uh, let's see here. This one from C Ferris 182. Compare the three quarterbacks to pass ND quarterbacks based on what little we've been offered so far in terms of highlights. Why do they remind you of uh, the past ND teams of, from any area. Why? So Jack Cohn, Drew Pine, Tyler Buckner, uh, RIP, um, Brennan Clark. I mean, Brennan Clark can definitely remind you of just about uh, any quarterback you've forgotten about that was good and then got hurt and disappeared. <laughs> Which could have been many over the years that comes in as a freshman or sophomore. Uh, like Gunnar Keel. Gunnar Keel, yeah. Don't fucking don't don't do that. Don't what? Don't put don't put Brandon Clark into Gunnar Keels. I that's, mean, that's, if that's he transfers, right. if he does that's transfer, I don't think Utah. Brandon Clark has, he has the he has the chest. He's got the chest. He has the yeah. chest. But he's just he's he's been beset by injuries. He, he may not have the knee, but he has the chest. So I, I, I disgrace Brendan Clark with Gunnar Keel's name. No, come on. All right. So Jack Cohn. I mean, who was a tall athletic? Incredible. I mean, I, when I look at Jack Cohn, he just screams Gary Gotze to me. But like, he's a lot more mobile than Gary Gotze. Dane Christ pre-entry Dane Christ, honestly, right? It's not he's like, not that mobile though. He's not Dane Christ mobile. Chris was okay, pretty athletic. So Dane Dane Christ post first injury, but yes. <laughs> pre-second injury. Uh, so 2010 Dane Christ. 
slow him down a little bit. I mean, look, it's just Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn just is not a quarterback type that Notre Dame has recruited a lot of over the last 20 years. Right? Like, Notre Dame recruits a lot of kind of undersized quarterbacks and then a lot of athletic quarterbacks. Like, I mean, if you could almost say Jack Cohn is a slower Phil Dracovic, right? <laughs> Which is, I mean, he's older, so it's hard to, but I mean, if you want to, but it's a comparison that it fits as much as any in the last 20 years, right? He's just not the, he, that, that type of quarterback just isn't somebody that has, has, has recruited. Like Drew Pine, like did that, 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 that size. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Matt Lavecchio. That, that, that's, I mean, that's even a number 10. That's a match. Did Matt I Lavecchio mean, they, ever start a game for Notre Dame? Are you kidding? Lavecchio. Of course. Yeah, 2000 season. So you're saying that it's possible Drew Pine <laughs> then starts a game for Notre Dame? Oh, 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 nice. I like that. I like what you did there. I mean, I mean, I just compared Jack Cohen to Gary Gatsy, so who knows? <laughs> just, Anything's possible, I guess, in this world we're living in right now. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, Tommy Reese. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think Drew Pine's over – and, the, you know, that's – Two inches short of I think Drew Pine. I think Drew Pine throws a, a nice ball, but his height alone is going to be an issue because he's not – he doesn't have the mobility of an Ian Book. Can I just, you imagine – the absolute boner on game day that Drew Brees would have if Drew Pine was the starter for any football game. Like you're aware of just how insufferable the broadcast is going to be if we have to hear about Drew Brees talking about height in comparison to starter Drew Pine, right? You, if, you're you're aware that, that this is this is a possibility. I'll say this though: if if he if he's boner if he's bonerfied by Drew Pine, then I'm bonerfied. Because that means that he's doing well. Right? Well, it just means that he's playing football. Oh well, oh well. <laughs> I I was going off the glass half full. Like if he's bonafide by him, then that means that he's kicking ass. Then, then that's fine. Excited to see another five eleven quarterback out there because you will never <laughs> convince me that that True Breeze is six foot tall. <laughs> no, I feel like I got half a foot on Drew Breeze, and I'm only six one. <laughs> Jude, is there anybody that you can see that like fits that Jack Cone sort of? He almost has the build of well, I mean he's a Wisconsin quarterback, but that like Michigan quarterback build of like he does, he does have he does have that Michigan quarterback build like Elvis Gerbach. Yeah, or you know, and again, their we just entire throughout the we haven't had that. I mean, you can say Brady Clark. Quinn, but Quinn was in <laughs> was. Uh, much more cut, shall we say, than Jack Cohn. But maybe that's not a bad. You know what? I don't think maybe that's not a bad comparison because Quinn was mobile enough. He wasn't like the he wasn't the fastest guy out there, but he was. And you watch Cohn. I mean, look, the dude's a, he was committed at Notre Dame to play lacrosse. He's an athletic guy. So maybe maybe we're all you know missing the obvious here. Maybe Jack Cohn is more like a Brady Quinn. Yes, I would take that. Right? I mean, I think I just won over 
So many Brady Quinn sycophants right there for Jack Cohn. I mean, because he's Brady Quinn was that Brady Quinn, you know, Brady Quinn keepers, uh, highly effective. Um, yes. Jack Cohn, we he's running the RPO. Uh, so there's going to be more than a more than a handful of times this yeah, year. Just because he, he's a just because he's a white quarterback that played for Wisconsin doesn't make him unathletic. Right. Right. <laughs> Though statistics would say. <laughs> what What do you got to say, Jude? Is that, do you think that that's a decent comparison? Just like, uh, just surface stuff here. I gotta be honest. I'm, I'm eating a bagel right now and I'm like really <laughs> remark, remarking about how my either throat is closed more or maybe it's more dry or I'm just not chewing as well because this I'm just trying to swallow all these really big bites. So you see what, what happened is, is <clears throat> what happened. What happened is Jude didn't get the memo that yesterday was 420. <laughs> so today you're making up for it. Am I right? I mean, there's a whole story with my wife and my it's not worth getting. It's not worth, it's not worth getting into. Just, Suffice to say, I had plans for last night, and it became plans for tonight. So, regrets. No regrets. <laughs> Just to finish this question off, Tyler Buckner, uh, I see some Jarius Jackson in him. That's significant. That's more significant praise than you'd think. Because pre-injury. Well, yeah, for me, I think that's that's a lot of praise. Because yeah. I think very, I think very highly of Jarius Jackson's ability at or at time at Notre Dame. Yeah, before the, I mean, you thought, you the ending of the Chris LSU Jackson. game, right? Like What's before that? the ending of the before the ending of the LSU game. <laughs> like yeah. his, it, it was sky's the limit. I mean, Jarius Jackson was a throwing quarterback who could run. Uh, very well. And I think yeah. Buckner fits a lot. He's, he's a good got, runner. He's, uh, yeah. But I mean, I think people made, I mean, not to get to people made a lot more of his running because, because of his race, because he's a black quarterback. So you, we all know that's, you know, you're already penciled in as an athletic, but he was a hell of a passer, but I mean, he wasn't the greatest runner in the world, but he was a good, <clears throat> but he got the job done. He was, he was a bigger guy too. I mean, he had, he used a lot of his power, to break a few tackles to get those extra yards as a runner. <clears throat> but I mean, he wasn't like, he was a Brandon Wimbush uh, style runner. It wasn't like a Carlisle holiday. Uh, but, I mean, he could, he could run. Really, I think, I, I think Buckner fits in that mold pretty well. Maybe, I mean, he, he looks, and this is just going off of seeing him throw in high school mostly, but like his deep balls, look better than Jackson. I mean, Jackson could throw, you know, pretty well, but his deep balls were a little wobbly. I uh, think Buckner throws a pretty, pretty fair deep ball, not a Jimmy Clausen style deep ball, but well, who does, right? Right. Right. Okay. I'm all about I like it. it. Yeah, I, I like it. I think Jerry, Jerry's Jackson's a fair comp. Okay. Tyler Buckner uh, is another player that I don't think that Notre Dame has had a lot of. No, no. 
I mean, that's and that he is a true. I mean, if you want to open it up to a, di- I mean, the question doesn't. But um, there's been some players who've done some pretty amazing things at other uh, universities that uh, have similar skill sets of Mr. Buckner. Right. So I'm going to pull one out. Someone sent me a uh, a question via email. Uh, this is from Jim, and he says, uh, if you could schedule one opponent from the non-ACC Power 5 conferences that Kelly hasn't faced at ND and isn't already on the future schedule, who would you pick from each conference? Oh, if you could yes. pick one group of five, if you could pick one group of five team for a home and home, who would it be? And I know you don't like the Shamrock series. Like this guy knows me. Uh, <laughs> but if you could schedule one Shamrock series game, where would you want to play? And who would the opponent be? I like the Wisconsin Lambeau field. So I hope that gets rescheduled. Uh, I just wish we could also play a real home and home with them. He also says, I enjoy the lawn podcast. They're much longer than my commute to and from the other Hicksville in New York. But I do manage to listen to the whole episode each time. Thanks. Hell yeah. Hicksville love cross states. All right. So let's let's uh, again take this bit by bit. One opponent from the non-ACC Power Five conferences. Jude. SEC Auburn. Love it. Easy one. Easy. Yep. That's the that's answer for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Pac-12. Oregon. Oregon. Yep. That's the answer for all of us. Uh, Big 12. Oklahoma uh, State. Uh, Oklahoma State. Yep. That's the answer for all of us. <laughs> uh, Big, Big 10. 10. Ohio State's on the schedule. Indiana would have been my pick before, Iowa. but they're on the schedule. Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. Iowa's the answer for all of us. Right? Yep. I can't think of any other team. Nebraska, Jim, maybe, I but no. Minnesota? Other... Yeah, Minnesota could be interesting. Dude, don't be a bastard. I was about to say something. Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't think of any other question that could have been asked that we answered, that we would answer, like, in unison. Unison. Like, lockstep. Yeah. Like, and well, then you, and had, throw in, you of... had to throw in fucking Minnesota. No, wait, I'm, wait, wait, I'm, wait, wait, wait. He, he I was suggested I um, <laughs> here's here's the thing. We're gonna go group of five and Boise State. Boise is the answer for me too. Uh I'm I'm UCF. <sighs> okay. I just I did uh my I I would love uh to see Notre Dame and Reinerson in Ypsilanti. Because uh, that would just be fun seeing Notre Dame on the great on the uh, the great turf of the factory. The factory. Uh, but I just think mm-hmm. like if you had a schedule for like this year or next year, like the the amount I don't want to say clout, but there there's but UCF is looked at in a really good light, like a Boise State. So I but I like that. I I have no desire to see Notre Dame on blue fields, gray fields, sure, but blue, I don't know, man. Outlined against the blue turf. Outlined against blue and gray turf. Notre Dame plays <laughs> Boise State, Eastern Michigan on the road in the same season. Um, all right, so g- give me a Shamrock series. Location or team? It's location, location right? Location and team. Oh, um, Navy on an aircraft carrier. <laughs> What, yeah, but how, how are you going to get people moon. to the game? 
You don't. We watched the whole season of football without people at the game. Yeah, but it's for it's for recruits, right? Oh, uh, well, the recruits can watch on TV. Um, I don't know. They can sit in that. Uh, the recruits can sit up in the um, the radio tower and, yeah, wa- and watch the game spot. from up there. Yeah, they can sit with um, Corey and uh, David Robinson. <laughs> Man, Jude, what do you get? You got a city and or a stadium and team. What do you got? Let's just go with an old standby: Las Vegas and BYU. Yes, yes. They got a stadium now in Las Vegas. That is that is the play. Putting a game in Las Vegas is the play. Jack needs to make that happen tomorrow. You know what the top two religions in Las Vegas are? Uh, Mormon and, um, share. <laughs> uh, because I don't believe in the Shamrock series at all. I'm going to say the university of St. Francis, Fort Wayne at Zoner stadium in Fort Wayne. Cause fucking there should be a Shamrock series. It's stupid. Stupid. Go Cougars. Um, all right. Now, <laughs> Next question here. Uh, would you rather, this is from MQ20, NFL draft hypothetical. Would you rather a player from a rival school become a complete stud for your favorite NFL team or a Notre Dame player become a complete stud for your least favorite NFL team? This is easy. I feel like this is easy. Notre Dame player become a stud for your least favorite team. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I have a Troy Palomalu jer- Pittsburgh Steelers jersey. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, he's whatever. But Chase Claypool is at <laughs> Steelers, and they've had Jerome Bettis. Um, Stephon Tewitt. Stephon Tewitt's there. He's Jer- fantastic. Jerron Jones, Jameer Jones. They are, uh, and there's some, yeah, I, I just... I would rather have a once a rival player moves on. Um, I don't care. I mean, Larry Foote played for yeah, Rocky Blair played for Pittsburgh, but Larry Foote of Michigan fame played for Notre Dame or for uh, not for Notre Dame, but for uh, the Steelers. So yeah, once they move on from school, the hate's gone. I mean, I like the most well, a lot. Well, 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 that's not entirely like. Well, maybe the hate for who they played for, but maybe not like. The player, if the player was a douche, then yeah, I'm not going to root for it. Yeah, like if Matt Leonard were successful in your NFL team, you still would hate him, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Sam Darnold is still punchable. Yeah. He's definitely punchable. Well, he's Scott Farkas, so that makes him totally punchable. He's very, very punchable. I don't know. I mean, this is, I mean, it's a, this is a, it's an interesting question. So like, you know, I'm a Packers fan. So my least favorite NFL team, fucking Minnesota. Uh, and and as one A and one B would be Chicago. Harrison Smith. Uh, but yeah, but see, like Robert so Harrison Smith. And I'm and I'm cool with all that. Alan Page. Happy, yeah, I am happy that they are doing well at a at a rival NFL franchise. It, it doesn't make me think less of them because they're playing for a team I hate. Um. So, but it does look good for Notre Dame. So, so Brendan. I, I would just, it struck me how much this is based on experience because you have Troy Palomalu and I'm thinking of guys like Julius Jones, um, 
and uh, Jalen Smith, you know, who played for the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas who I can't Cowboys, stand, yeah. but were, you know, successes, right? Yeah, I would say so. I would say they were I mean, successes. Yeah, I, mean, I, I had Clay Matthews, you know, for Green Bay. Well, here's here's what I would say to you, Jude, is um, I'm like, Julius, it's, it's Jones, like, Julius Jones and Jalen Smith never hurt you because Dallas is 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 a clown show. So it, it it doesn't it's 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 not like you know as a as a Giants fan if they were at Philly where that's a team that's that's actually hurt like you and they've Randall won Cunningham, if, if Randall Cunningham had gone to Notre Dame I feel like I I still would respect the hell out of Randall Cunningham okay. for beating the brakes hey, off my about, team. How about uh, Ray, if Randy Moss would have gone to Notre Dame and then what he did at Minnesota against Green Bay? <laughs> no, you would sure. that, that would have been tough to swallow. Yeah. But I think you. I think you appreciate like the if, mooning. <laughs> if Chase if Chase Claypool puts up four tight touchdowns in a game against the Giants, like I'm psyched for Chase Claypool. What if that game against the Giants is in the Super Bowl and it's brought you and your family <laughs> sadness? Uh, Chase Claypool just got named MVP of the Super Bowl, which is going to help my team with recruiting. So I'm happy. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm a Jude on that one, and that and I think that for me that's uh if you would have asked me this at age like 24, I, w- I would have gone the other direction. But especially running a Notre Dame site, like Notre Dame players doing well in the NFL makes life easier for me <laughs> where, yeah. wherever they're at. So I, I'll def- I definitely take uh, – yeah, they can become a complete set for no- another NFL team. That's fine. Green Bay is going to do fine one way or the other. It's, it, they're not. Cl- yeah, they're they, not got, cl- they got Jordan Love. They have uh, they have Love in the the tank. So um, you know, I mean, sure Rogers they'll, they'll draft really well. They'll, they'll, they'll draft we'll really well this year for him. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. You, you know, you sound like you sound like a fucking Bears fan we'll who be, acts uh, like who, we'll who acts like Green Bay's about to get one on them. Like you're about to turn into Ch- Chicago for the last thirty years. Like I doubt it. Are, but okay. are the pack uh, gonna? Go back in the first round, trade back in the first round uh, to get Alex Trebek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, are they? Because <laughs> Alex Trebek would be as helpful to their team as Jordan Love was last year. Yeah, whatever. I didn't agree with that pick. <laughs> you're you're, you're no, at me. Why didn't they but take he, the but, field goal? <laughs> but listen, but listen, we're not Chicago where Jordan Love would have fucking started because he, he had to. Started. <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, this is just all right. Let's let let's roll the dice here. Whatever, whatever. Aaron Rodgers is there for at least two or three more years, so I ain't fucking worried about it. I ain't worried about it. Uh, how do you think Notre Dame would do in a potential college football super league? Now, I don't have it pulled up. I'm going to get it pulled up real quickly. I'm going to go you off can beat of Nebraska. Andy, Are we going off, off the Andy Staples, Staples Staple. Super League. Yeah. Yeah, that that's about as. I mean, I I take issue with Nebraska being on there, and that's. About I take it. issue with Oregon being on there. Oregon has no place being on there. But I, they've never won a national title. They've never done anything of. You need a ever. team from out the West. That's that was Andy's point. Yes, I think yes, he's, he's yes. right. He's right. He's right. So he's pick not, Washington. Then pick Washington. It's got twice the population. I, I don't know. I mean that, that you're not wrong there either. Uh, maybe it was a. You, you, Anyways, here's the 15 programs Staple proposed as they as if they're name and this all because European soccer has gone crazy. Uh, so obviously European soccer has a lot to do with college football. At least that's what we're <laughs> that's what we're doing in this weird time of spring games and 
and we all know what the draft's going to be. So we have some fun with this. But here's the, the 15 programs that Staples put out there as being a the, part of the super group. Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Nebraska, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, Penn State, Texas, USC. Um, I, so I, actually take, I actually take issue with Clemson a little bit. Wait, you take issue with Clemson, but not Oregon? I, I didn't say I don't. No, because he, under, he understands geography, Brennan. You need a team out west. Yes. Yeah. You're not going to replace Clemson with why Washington. Do you, why do you need a look, team look. out west when they don't watch the, the sport? I'm not saying so why would you like? Look, because you're you, literally I, cutting off your nose to spite your face. You're literally saying, oh, no, you have it. You have College USC. football doesn't exist west of Nebraska. No, you have USC, and technically Texas is west of Nebraska, so you're fine there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Why, why do you need a, a state that's smaller than the population of New York City to be included in your, your Super League? I mean – Because it's not about their population. It's about the population of the entire West Coast why, that we're rooting why for would, Why would somebody in Washington State be like, oh, yeah, Oregon, can't wait to watch the Super League? Well, they might not be for Oregon, but they might be for USC, right? Well, there you go. Get, yeah. They get two. <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm saying is it's just like, why wouldn't you t- – if you're making a super league, you take the teams that have the most vibrant and robust fan bases and you put them in there. That's why teams like AC Milan and currently down Arsenal get to be invited to a super league that's now defunct. But like – Clemson's one of those programs that's currently in vogue. They've won what two titles in the last yeah. five years, right? But like, so like the, the look, I, I have Miami's no pro- not I, on the list. So let me just say, so let me I have no problem with I have no problem with Andy's list. I think that if you have to come up with fifteen programs, that that is a hard task to do, honestly. But the thing I say, like when I'm looking at Clemson and Nebraska, just taking those two examples by themselves. You're including them on two entirely different criterias. Recency and so, historical. Right. So it's a it's a difficult list because if you're going to include all this stuff, that's a hard one. So, yeah. So like a Oregon versus Washington there. That's I mean, Washington has more national championships, right? And they've made a playoff more recently. They've right. had so, double digit seeds. Season wins more recently. Oregon went to the championship though, not not got blown out by Alabama. Right, but yeah, yeah, but they went pre. But, but you would, but you would have used this. But then with the, like Nebraska, you and obviously with Michigan, with their how many how many post World War II uh, national championships do they have? What I'm saying, you know, there's the historical thing. Washington has more of a football history than Oregon does. Yeah. So it's a it's a fine line. Look, it's not. It is a hard task to do. I think he did a good job, but I mean, nothing's going to be perfect when it when it comes to these fifteen teams. If it was these fifteen schools, and and I don't, I mean, should you have a sixteen? I mean, for, before we answer the question that was asked, if you had to, add, if we made it sixteen, which team would you add? North Dakota State. <laughs> Because of geography, no, coastal coastal Carolina because they played the game of the century. <laughs> I mean, 
Texas A&M feels like the right answer, right? No. They fit into the same category as Oregon where they've never won titles, and it's mostly just like hype. And, you know, Notre Dame has some of that too, but I think if you would have asked 10 years ago, I would people would have had a lot more concerns with Notre Dame being on this list as well. But um, making I, if you, two of the last three playoffs, I think, counts. If you're going to have fucking Nebraska in there, why isn't Miami in there? That's a question. Because uh, you have Florida. Right? You have Florida already on the list. Right. But, I mean, the state of Miami. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's a, what's a, what, I mean, I know Florida state's been trash, but Florida state versus Florida national championship wise. I mean, Florida won two. The last, la- over the last 30 years, <clears throat> who has been a better, better program for the 30 years overall, Florida or Florida state, Florida. Because they won titles in 90 with Spurrier, and they won titles how in many, the How many years in a row did no. Florida State finish in the top five? Yeah, Bowden like was at Florida State. I, I would actually or, um, take Bowden Spur- there. Yeah, Spurrier and, you know. Are you saying Florida and Miami, the comparison? I mean, I'm just – of the three Florida schools, Florida, yeah. Florida State, Miami, I, I think – if you're going to have one, you got to have another. You have to have. You have to add another. If for the 16th program, I think you need to add one of the other two. And one of the other two, I personally, I guess I would take Miami, based off of a geog- geography, a history, and all that. I mean, with all their time, with all those titles outside, Miami can make the argument. Why would Alabama get two? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how many national does Auburn have? I mean, re- I mean, really, I mean, we. Like, why is Auburn in there? Because of why? Cam it? Newton? Yeah, because of a bag. Because, or, or because they're the only team that, that has can beat Alabama. Shown that they can beat Alabama. <laughs> because Notre, if, the question, I guess, is how Notre Dame would do in this conference. And the logical answer is they would finish fourth most years. Right? Because Alabama, until Nick Saban leaves, Alabama is going to here, win this league. Here's the thing, every- though. Here's the thing. So, and this is something that I don't know if many people have brought up, but I, I haven't been heavily into this conversation yet. I actually wanted to do an entire podcast about this one subject, um, but that's fine. We're going to break this down in 10 minutes. If these are your, and I'm going to say 16, because I'm throwing Miami in there. Fuck it. Which gives Notre Dame a, a, another rival within the, the scope of things. Penn you say State Michigan, USC, good. and Miami. I mean, that, this, is a great, uh, this is a great group. But throw my, anyway. Those are your 16 Super League programs. How does recruiting go? Those are good. Instead of it being, a, I mean, it's it's not very diluted now. You're not having Stanford steel players. Exactly. You're not, you're not are, having Stanford steel players. There are more players, players available to Notre Dame now because guys are not going to want to go play for a team that's not in the Super Group. Yeah. So you're getting the best player, which means like, I mean, which means Nebraska, they get a huge fucking boost because now they're getting every, uh, they're getting a whole bunch of recruits that they haven't been able to touch in years, uh, because of that status. So how does that affect Notre Dame? So you just gave, you just gave Nebraska, you just gave this 58 year old man in Nebraska Viagra. Oh yeah. Yeah. You you put, if you, I I think, I think Nebraska is a mistake here in the, in this list. I personally do. But, but if, I mean, if, you look at but it. That's, and, but if it's going to be in there, 
look, they at least have, you know, some of his things are, there's a commitment in the state of Nebraska for Nebraska football. So, yes, that, and I think that's important, which I don't think that there is the same. And here's the thing with your Miami argument. There is not a commitment in the in the University of Miami. They don't have a stadium on campus. They don't have the resources that a school of their acumen. And if, they're, and if they're not in the top, if they're not in the top three or four of that Super League each year, their fan support is is not existent. Yeah. So, OK, OK, that makes that makes sense. That's I mean, one thing I will give Oregon is Oregon to that art to that degree has an almost unparalleled. Um, well, then do you, can you throw in an Iowa as a 16th team? Um, they seem like if a really, you're looking for that like strong fan base, that Great Plains. That's, that's a strong uh, fan base right there. Tennessee, right? Tennessee. Ah, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know that's a. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I, Andy I, said if the list was made 10 years ago, Tennessee would be in and Clemson would be out. That's true. Yes, yep. yes absolutely. Philip Fulmer, Tennessee. Yeah. If it was, I would, I would also consider ago. if it was 10 years ago, too, you might also include if it um, Oregon State or not Oregon State, but Oklahoma State, State because of Slim Pickens uh, when he was alive. Well, uh, 10 years know. ago, Florida State would have been in, too. Yeah. Over maybe Florida ten years ago, 2011. Nope, Florida still would have no, been. No, that's, that's too soon. One. They had some. They had some national had championships. back-to-back titles. Yeah, but and I actually, mean, Florida Georgia State has national the most, championships since 1980. Florida State has the most recent national championship of any Florida school in 2014. I mean, so, I mean, are we given? I know we have a very uh, loyal Georgia fan OFD podcast listener, and I appreciate that. But I mean, are we? We continually give Georgia way too much credit. For not winning they, anything, they made a national title. They've only made one playoff, um, but they did. They did make a national title game, uh, which I think constitutes a something. And again, Georgia is one of the most talented schools in the country year in and year out. I just think they have they they have comfortable coaches that aren't that great. Mark Smart. Why is Penn? I guess my question then is why is Penn State invited to this party when they've never been to the playoff? They haven't played for a national title. Blue, in blue blood with, with fan support. They have the entire East Coast. The I mean, they didn't care. Look, they didn't care about the Jerry Sandusky stuff. They still have no, fan they support. They you know, still to that's that's match. wrong. That's absolutely wrong. But that's just an example of showing you their dedication to the football program that they're willing to overlook the most egregious sins known to man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Should they be rewarded? No. But if you just take that out of context a little bit, it just, you, they have the fan support and that's important in this list. Right. But to answer your question, but to answer the question, yeah, Notre Dame probably finishes third or fourth most <laughs> on average. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're going to finish. Uh, Oklahoma's going to be in for a shock having to play teams that play defense week in and week out. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, uh, Texas will never be back again. No, Texas will be a whipping boy. Uh, though I think that they probably might end up getting a bump in their recruiting, too, for whatever that's worth without having to I don't know how. They, Texas. I mean, they, they were killing it. Recruiting wise, yeah. just kept going in farther and farther in the tank. They just always made the wrong, the wrong picks, uh, comically. So, it's um, like, it's like you have wait. too much to choose from in that state. 
North Carolina's on this list, right? What about <laughs> Iowa State? Where the fight Matt Campbell's? Why isn't why isn't Matt Campbell or why aren't the two best coaches in college football in this conference? I don't know. Okay, I think we gotta move on. I I, mean, I think we could talk for another two hours about a super league, which is why I wanted to do just a podcast on it, but that's fine. Um rankings with all the spring talk going on, let's do the unthinkable and dream about summer. It's almost here, right? Yeah, sure. I just saw six inches of a snow fall down, so summer's almost here. Uh, nothing like some cocktails made in a blender with ice on a hot summer day. Really? Is there nothing like some? Cause oh, all right. Um, rank, <laughs> rank these frozen drinks. Uh, this is from Jay Paulus 22, by the way. Uh, pina colada, blue Hawaiian mudslide, strawberry daiquiri and margarita. What's Dude, a blue Hawaiian? I don't know that I've ever had a blue Hawaiian. Uh, it's blue because of the blue cacao or whatever the fuck it is. Oh. I don't know. I'm not. I am not a. Yeah, big, it's, it's basically a, it's basically like um, have you ever had jungle juice? It's yeah, like yeah, all the yeah. shit in your liquor cabinet. It's like it is a lot of shit rum and tequila and blue cacao. And yeah, it, it looks is, pretty because of the blue color, but it's just a, got a bunch of shit in it. I, I'm going to very quickly do this. Um. The the undisputed king of frozen drinks uh, is just a bourbon with an ice cube that's frozen enough. Uh, <laughs> but uh, after that, if we're going to include these in it, I guess we go <sighs> margarita, yep. strawberry daiquiri, yep. pina, pina colada, mudslide, blue Hawaiian. I think I put pina colada at the bottom, but I think margarita and strawberry daiquiri got to be one, too. Me too. I think without a doubt. Um, so they're the easy, line, this is a right? BCS choice. Like there's an easy one too, right? Yeah, it's an easy one. Yeah. Okay. I would agree that, well, I'm not a, I think the thing with pina colada is, do you like, do you like pina coladas? No, no. I like getting uh, lost thing, in the rain. <laughs> do you like coconut? And I don't like coconut. Coconut's not my jam. I like making love at midnight. heat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jude, in your yeah. apprehension, pina coladas is the uh, um, coconut, right? You're not a coconut man? Yeah, my wife is super into coconut. I don't get it. I don't my like son it. Is. it smells like sunshine. My, my picky-ass eater, eater son, not Dylan, who will eat me out of the entire fridge of things, but my oldest son just kills everything coconut. Loves it. Does he eat snowballs? and He, he drinks coconut milk. Oh, like gross. by itself. Yeah. We have we have coconut milk in this house. We have coconut vodka. We have coconut rum. Um, yeah, my wife is all. She's drinking coconut water. She likes um. What is it? Parrot Bay, right? The coconut rum. You know what? The the coconut Red Bull is pretty good. Just that for I want to. Yeah, except, except I don't like coconut, and there's so I many like good coconut. Red Bull flavors. There's even a new one they just came out with. So. Which one? There's a brand new. There's brand new Red Bull. There's a new Red Bull. They, they release a new summer Red Bull every year. There's a new 20. Right, so what's the flavor um, I don't know, like papaya or some shit. Um, papaya. Well, Spicy case. That yellow one is the worst. Uh, no, it's green. It's I, I, I know enough that it's like a green fl- dragon fruit, which is a flavorless fruit. Dragon fruit is the 2021 summer. This is the summer of dragon fruit. So enjoy it, boys. All right, whatever. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. 
I like the been, wa- I like the watermelon ones. I've been mixing. And I'm not the, a watermelon flavor guy. I, mix, I like I've watermelon, been, but I don't like watermelon flavoring. I just drank I, a uh, during the course of this podcast. I drank a which is the correct answer in the follow up White Claw. I drank a uh, watermelon White Claw tonight, as well as a uh, tangerine White Claw. I so. had a blackberry White Claw tonight. That was good. Uh, I had a Diet Mountain Dew because I am not drinking tonight, unfortunately. Oh. I tried the new Melon so Mountain Dew today. It was just okay. I have no excuse. <laughs> okay. Um, says this is for MD Fishing 18 uh, because I because I offered it up. He said dating advice because at this point, why not? It's the off season. Supposedly, this summer is going to be cuffing season like no other post COVID. So fire away. Um, I guess my, my big rule of thumb is, are you under the age of 25? If so, do not commit to anything. Anything. Life's too short. When did you, um, when did you meet your wife? I met my wife in 2000. I was 26. (laughs) She was a (laughs) fresh 21 though. (laughs) Uh, Jude, when did you meet your wife? I met wife in uh, 2004. Do you you want to know how old I was? It was 17. Yeah, that's what I met. You were 26. 26. Okay. All right. Thanks. I met my wife when I was a uh, freshman in college. She lived uh, Whoa. Just, down the, just down the hall from me. You know how many girls I met my freshman year in college that <laughs> if I think about marriage with them, uh, I think you I'd get be the heebie-jeebies. Oh my God. <laughs> so here's, I, I here's my, the important, the, the important dating advice I have for you is make sure you have the same happy hobbies. And by hobbies, I mean, make sure if you're commenting on onefootdown.com, she enjoys Notre Dame football or just I, football I, in general and has least, a zest. I have at least love. one solid guy. Like, you know, not, you don't have to share all the same interests, but you should have one or two like, like big ones that you can sh- do together. Like, like cornerstone honestly, hobbies. Like your wife should be your best friend. Yes. Like, like, but we're just talking dating advice here. Uh, number one, just remember to have fun. Remember to be uh, consensual. Listen, fucking listen. If you're if you're a guy out there, shut the fuck up and listen to what make they have sure, to say. Unless. Don't make it, don't make any you assumptions make sure that you give her. You got to make sure that you give her all of your choice political takes as well as your nuanced religion takes. And if you can fit it in there, um, make sure you tell her, um, you know, all, all of your, uh, you know, the, the, the heavy stuff about um, you know, what sort of roles that that people should play moving uh, forward in life. I, th- I think it's, it's very important that, that um, you alienate her as much as possible with these horrible ideas. <laughs> well, that was my best. That was my final. one. was like, if she believes in QAnon run, <laughs> that's, that's great advice. Just ask, bring it up somehow. And if she starts spouting off about Q fucking run. So it, before to show that she has a fanatic, uh, fanatical attitude she's towards, crazy um, shit she's un- crazy unbelievable things which listen get a dog i 
I had a dog that never barked. He's fantastic. He just he would Get bark a dog at, that never barked. Listen, he barked at he barked at people in uniforms and he barked at crazy ladies. And I brought a girl home and everybody knew this. And so there was this girl that I was dating and she came over to the house for the first time. And when she came inside, and my Chachi was the most was the friendliest dog alive. She came inside, he would not stop fucking barking for five minutes. The problem with that was three of my friends were there and they all knew what that meant. And instantly they were just like very you could say, Oh he would not shut was up. Was your name you Joni? Are you, are you <laughs> saying that No, uh this was a Melissa, uh by the okay. way. Who well, no. I won't get into that. <laughs> it all, make, it all. She's the, she's the only person I know that uh, that actually went to college while she was stripping. Every stripper says it. She actually did it. Anyways, uh, so but I, I was, uh, but I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, everyone was like, look, dude, Chachi barked at her. Are you fucking crazy? She's crazy. I'm like, oh, he's that fucking that gray beard. He, he didn't know what he's doing. She turned out to be crazy as fuck. So, <laughs> so it tried to hit me with her car. So, my dog. So get you a dog that knows what he's doing. He will tell you if the girl that you're trying to date uh, will eventually try to kill you with a car. Step one: buy a dog that's like a drug sniffing <laughs> but crazy sniffing dog. <laughs> crazy sniff dog. So he was I, like he was half wiener, half corgi. Uh, if that helps, I don't know if it's just like the, the right breed. Uh, but I mean, he was a good, he was a big help, uh, in, in picking out a, uh, a, a girl to date a long time and actually eventually a wife. I want to just jump in and say that the woman I dated before my, the, you know, before Fran who became my wife, um, I had a lot in common with her. I, you know, we did a lot of things and, and we had a lot of similar interests, um, and I, and I remember just assuming that that would be the same with Fran because I was attracted to her and I liked her and, and therefore she must, you know, she must be as, as interested in the things that I'm interested in. And that's really has not been the case. That's not been our, our life. She, she will root for Notre Dame football, but she it does not does sit not down care. and watch the, yeah, doesn't sit down and watch the games. You know, this morning we were joking about one foot down and she's like, Oh boo. And I was like, why are we booing? And she's like, well, we're team HLS, right? And I said, no, that was the one I worked for before one foot down. Oh, so Fred, what the hell? Oh, no. She's, you know, she'll take your checks, but uh, apparently she can't be bothered to, to uh, listen to the, listen to the damn podcast. So, uh, uh, I no, I, I was, uh, so I, I, I guess there was a time where she had come to me and said like, look, I don't think we have anything in common. And, and she's like, I think we're kind of drifting apart. And I said, you know, well, what about breakfast at Tiffany's? And she said, you know, I think I remember that film. And, and as I recall, I, th- I think we both kind of liked it. I said, well, you know, that's one thing we've got. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> that is, that, that is solid. That's about as good as it gets right there. Hey, I'll say this. I, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, well, so when I met my wife, my wife, she, uh, I was, I I was, I was wearing like the dirtiest white t-shirt, uh, dirty ass pants. I was at a bar with steel toe boots, just got off of work. Uh, and just like, fuck it. Well, I'm just going to go to the bar and get some drinks anyways. So there's this girl who's just staring up at me, big smiles and just hanging on every word. And I'm just kind of, you know, nonchalant 
about it. A buddy, a buddy of mine actually got beat up uh, right next to me, and I didn't see it. <laughs> so, so obviously, I was uh, I was very fixated on her. But she, a guy walked by in a Purdue sweatshirt, and she fucking went off and like booed him, like ah fucking Purdue gross. And I'm like, okay, yeah. all right, you get it. So then she starts telling me about, uh, you know, I said, oh, you know, Notre Dame fan. So then she went to these games with her grandpa, big Notre Dame fans, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, cool. Blah, blah. Well, the first time I had her come over to my house, uh, I went outside to beat her out in the parking or out in the driveway. And she had a big fucking Purdue sticker on her car. I'm like, wait a minute. What the fuck is this? Pretty much the first thing I said when she got there, I'm like, what the hell is that? She's like, oh, this was my dad's car before. I'm like, oh, okay. Still didn't think anything of it. Long story short. So she told her family that she had basically lied to me about going to all these games with her grandpa. She'd never been to a Notre Dame game for her life, but she liked me and she wanted to, she just wanted to talk to me and that she thought that was something I was interested in and would be interested in her. So she just flat out lied to me. And so they kind of went along with it for a minute. Uh, but a month later, I took her to her first game. It was 2004 Boston College. It was fucking terrible. Uh, she was the only person smiling in that stadium on that shit day. Uh, Sounds like a real George Karloftis story here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something like that. But yeah, so I mean, she didn't care. She, I mean, she cares now, but you know, she didn't care when I met her. So I don't know. Is that dating advice? I'm not sure. Uh, just be safe, man. Be safe. Keep your options open. If you're young, uh, just remember that there's a whole life to live. I stress that a whole life. Make sure so, that if you love football, she loves football too. I think that that's, I think that that's absolutely monumental. Um, Cause it makes your Saturdays yeah. a lot easier. Yes. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's, that's a key right there. How do you want your Saturdays to go? Do you want to have to explain things, make excuses, uh, make compromises, or do you just want to enjoy it like you did when you were single, except here's your girl right now. (laughs) Here's your girlfriend or your wife uh, with you on this. It makes a big difference. I get it, and I think it would and be. She helpful. can understand you being up till three thirty in the morning watching Hawaii play. I think it that's w- important. Would be help. I think it would be helpful. Um, you know, if my wife was into watching college football as I was, but I, I I feel like in absence of her loving it, she tolerates it enough that she knows that yeah, you know Saturday's cut out for me, right? And so Saturday's for the boys. I've compromised over the years by that's watching less. Watching less NFL football, and that you know that's a compromise that I could live with. That's what I did. I I watched less, and that is exactly what I did. I watched less NFL um, because of how much I dedicate to college football, and that's fine. I mean, I'm fine with that. Less NFL and more um, the, the good softcore. But here's the good news: any compromise that you make about that, like like I made with the NFL when you have sons those compromises got to start getting thrown out the window because it's father-son bonding time y'all <laughs> so you get the whole weekend back 
with <laughs> with the boys. So speaking of the, that, a, a, fu- uh, a fun story I think to share, which is um, I've heard uh, people on my t- Twitter timeline talking about this F one series that's uh, come to Netflix. I don't think it originated in that, like Netflix, but um, you know it's come to Netflix or or just became popular on Netflix possibly. And it's about Formula One racing. And so we watched the um, the trailer, and my son was like, hey, I really want to watch that. And my wife's like, you know there's going to be swearing in there, right? And I was like, yeah, we'll turn it off, like, the first bad word we hear or whatever, right? So the first one is kind of like an under-the-breath fuck. And it's like, you know, and I'm like, maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't hear it, you know? Oh, yeah. The, the second and third and fourth ones are, like, in a row. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well... <laughs> So we had a nice little impromptu conversation about words that we say in our house versus words that we say outside of our house. So, I mean, and again, I, I followed this rule with my nephew because my my sister did. Uh, all, all 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 language rules are out the window when it comes to football. Say what you will on that on that holy day. Uh, it's all it's all forgivable. I mean, what else? What else is an eight-year-old gonna say when you throw an interception inside the red zone? Then what the fuck? What else are you supposed to say? I mean, that's that's the true. That's the appropriate way to use that word. That's what I feel like. So right, I'm I'm teaching you how to be an adult while still having the innocence of a child. It's okay. Uh, if my wife listens to this podcast, she's beating the shit out of me. I'm <laughs> talking about stripper ex-girlfriends and let my sons. Uh, cause she would beat the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> all, right, all right, we got, we're down to some final questions here. Let's get to them. Uh, these ones were from Twitter from, uh, Patrick at M P R K Y. Uh, well, y'all obviously have to rank frozen pizzas uh, the ranking ideas, best takes about indie football, worst takes about indie football. Also sounds like a great show for fire pirate for <laughs> very piratey to eat his hat. Oh, Keep up the great pods, Irish. All right, so let's just let's do this very quickly. What are your three go-to frozen pizzas? Home run and pizza. Um, I think uh, it's it's certainly joined into the lexicon of pizza. Then I always go with the uh, local store frozen pizza, whether or not I'm at Meyer, whether or not I'm at Kroger or I'm at Costco. I get the uh, the the local the local frozen pizza that they're hawking and it's sure not good. really frozen. It's normally they're in really their good. like deli section. Yeah. It's normally you know, really Den- good. Donato's is in, uh, is in Myers now in, in that little, like in the deli section, you can get Donato's take and bake. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I love the take and bake. Uh, the Costco one's really good too. And then, um, Josh, you've, you've hit on it, but, uh, the scream Sicilian is awesome. Yeah. Jude. So, the answer I'm going to be the Debbie Downer here and say the answer is I don't have an answer because I don't too? I don't have a need for frozen pizza. Yeah, here's I why I don't have a need for I, I don't have a need for frozen pizza. I'm never in a situation where I'm like ah, I got to put a pizza in the oven. Like my kids don't have any like sports or anything that we got to rush off to. So as been since probably since the beginning of the pandemic, Friday night has become our pizza night. The pizza place is literally within walking distance, but we typically just drive right over and, and grab it. And you can order online, um, so I don't even have to talk to anybody and deal with their nonsense on the phone. Um, so I just can't—I can't see needing to do a frozen pizza. 
and I haven't done one in a really long time. So sorry for the non-answer, but that's sort of it. Well, I mean, I think I mean, two things here. Number one, I, I, I think it's bullshit. And number two, I think that that's an answer a lot of people give, and that's fine. So it's bullshit. That's also fine. Uh, because a lot of people say, well, why the hell am I going to eat frozen? I can just order some and I'll get it in 20 minutes. And I get that. Uh, but at the same time, I think you're missing out on some really good pizzas because this isn't 1989. Uh, frozen pizzas have come a long way. Yeah. No, They're, I'm not a I, – look, I eat little – No, no, I know. I'm I not snobbish about it, but – No, I know you're not. I know you're not. Uh, but real quickly, rankings for me, uh, Home Run In Pizza, Screaming Sicilian, uh, and then – Again, I think Brennan, maybe we're the same here. The like Kroger's, their private selection pizzas, frozen pizzas are fucking excellent. I mean, they are really, really good. I like those a lot. Um, but I mean, look, the kids love a good tombstone cheese pizza. And I guess, for, I guess for me, the like we use for, yeah, we have kids in sports and it's an easy, it's an easy thing there. <clears throat> but also it's an easy lunch thing like in the summertime or whatnot. Just oh, yeah. throw a pie, throw a pie in the oven real quick. Um, it's, you know, I, I ate a land, land ever had the, worth of Elio's pizzas when I was a, when I was a uh, eight year old, probably for lunch in the summers. The pizza that I have had the most of um, maybe in the last like five years is actually it's air quotes. Homemade? No, no, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, have you had the We Walk a Classic Pizza? It's in the. Uh, it's right by the biscuits and stuff near like the um, Pillsbury biscuits, and it's a pizza crust. And then you just put your own pizza sauce, and then I shred mozz on it with pepperoni. It's W E W A L K A We Walka. Classic pizza crust. It is phenomenal. It's like a square pizza. It's a rectangular pizza that you like, you know, you just unroll it and then you just put your own sauce and right. cheese on it. It's awesome. If you see it at the uh, next time you're there at the, the old grocery store, keep an eye out for it. It's got like a green and um, I don't know. I know. I know what you're talking about. Tan package. I, I used to make my own pizzas quite a bit. In fact, when uh, we used to Monday nights were reserved, like, this was obviously like 1999, 2000, but Monday nights were, uh, Hey, Josh makes pizza and we're drinking forties and we're watching, uh, Monday night raw. And so I would get home from work. And the first thing I would do was, uh, was ground up some beef and marinate it in Miller high life. Uh, and that would be, I, 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 I make a tremendous homemade fucking pizza. Uh, but there was a, a gas station in Bryan, Ohio that had this pizza that was just incredible. And I, I, I never put ground beef on my pizza before. never had it before until I ate it from this gas station, just ground beef that were not just, but that was on the pizza. And I was just like, man, this is fucking lights out. So I started making my homemade pizzas without being a part of the base so ground beef, pepperoni, green peppers, onions, um, you know, and a, and a little bit of sausage. Uh, but anyways, it's fucking amazing. And I would like to get back to those days every once in a while, <laughs> sitting around drinking some, some Mickey's forties and uh, eating some homemade pizza, watching uh, some wrestling. I mean, some people are 42 and still doing that, but uh, I don't get a chance to <laughs> all that often. 
And Hayden Adams, who is the next Julian Love earned five star at Notre Dame? Follow up, if you could replace the star ranking system with literally anything, what would it be? I like that question a lot. Uh, so who is the next Julian Love earned five-star at Notre Dame? Jeremiah Wusukumo. He is more so even than uh, Julian Love because we're talking about a three-star player that elevates to the top of their position in the sport. It's award winner. Yeah. Yeah. First picks first in the first round of the NFL draft, too. Yeah, so JOK, I mean, we might have to start renaming it uh, Jeremiah Wusukoromo earned five-star because I, I can't think of a three-star player in Notre Dame history that has earned it quite like so, uh, JOK, right? Who, okay, so that's that's a guy who's done it in Notre Dame now, and that's yep. an absolutely correct answer. So who's a guy, and I think Jude would agree with that wholeheartedly too, right? Yeah. Jo- oh, yeah. More right, so, so even than, than Julian Love, because which he doesn't, but I think he's yeah, on board with he meets the one no, criteria you guys always overlook. He's going to get first drafted in the first round. Yep. Yeah. Well, I don't overlook it. It's just, it's just, there's one more there. there, there that's just, that's one more notch on the, on the right. belt. Um, but so who's a three star on Notre Dame's roster right now that can earn that. Now, the thing, the thing about Julian Love, maybe and more so than, than Jock was a longevity in, in starting. Like we got four good years out of Julian Love. Yeah. Woo, we got two, two great years. So I mean, I'm not, not saying that's I'm not discounting him at that. So, but I think when we're looking at this as a question, like who who on the roster, um, you, you got you're looking at some younger, you know, not a senior probably, but maybe a, you know a, a freshman, sophomore, maybe a junior with uh, with a fifth year eligibility, which they should have. Uh, which who's the next guy that you could see being that? Huh. It's a little tough. Uh, yeah. Drew, Drew Pine's a four-star. You can't, you can't pick Drew Pine. <laughs> <laughs> Kyron Williams? Um, was he a three-star or was he a four-star? I mean, like like Drew Pine, Kyron Williams had a three, he had a three and four-star rankings. You know what I mean? I think if you're going off the 24/7 composite. I think Kyron was. I think maybe he was a four star. He's he a three a star. star. He was a okay. low four star, but he was a four star. 367. Okay. I mean, just bottom. Uh, Jack Kaiser was below that. him at 416 as a three star. So Kyron's one for sure, but he's still four star above JD Bertrand. I mean, Kane Baron's a three star in the composite, right? Yeah, Drew White. Sure is. Drew White. Drew White, yeah. But I mean, is Drew White gonna win the Buckus and then get drafted in the first three rounds? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Um, Ryan Barnes. I mean, I think it would have to be a corner. I think is the easiest path to it, where like you could have like a Ryan Barnes might be a, a young guy who's able to to do it. Um, what about, uh, Clarence Lewis? Clarence Lewis could be a guy who ends up yeah. Julian love, uh, five star. I mean, he's on that path, right? He's a three-star guy. I mean, I think uh, like a guy like if you were to ask Clarence Lewis's high school coach, they might even say that he is a prodigy. I don't even think it was his coach. I think it was just another player in the team. That's the sad part. 
I mean, Xavier Watts could be a guy like that. Yeah. I mean, he, he, yeah, he certainly has the potential. We have nothing else to base it on other than the fact that we think he could be really good. And he was ranked. He was a three star, but is he going to win the Bolitnikoff? I don't know. I don't know. He's got, yeah. Don't know. I think um, probably Clarence Lewis is the guy that's got the Alexander Ehrensberger. Maybe could too. I mean, he's a, is he going to win the outland or Ben Eric? I don't know. Or, be in that con- or even be in that conversation. Is, is he going to be a, a consensus or, or all America? I mean, I guess we're looking, I guess I'll look at it. Like if all America, I'm looking at five stars as like guys that are competing for their, as the best player, of their position in college and being an all American. Yeah. Yeah. Which Julian love was. Yeah. Right. Right. But I mean, but, but Wu beats him out, even though I think love got stolen, the award got stolen from love who beats him out and all those things. So yeah, who is definitely the the perfect example of that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, that's, that's a, maybe that's a good thing. That's a tougher thing to answer. Cause I mean, there's still many three stars on Notre Dame's roster, but I think you're really starting to see the, the cream the rise to the top. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, but you get a guy like I think Clarence Lewis is a good answer because, right? He played, started as a true freshman. But you, see, I mean, even in Alabama, you see this with like a Mac Jones, where three stars rise to the top, you know. But you don't want that to be the expectation. You want that to be the um, sort of the nice surprise. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that JD Bertrand was ranked way ahead of Maris Lufa. Right. Yeah. Must have been uh, pro prospects. Must have, yeah, must must have been six one two twenty versus six three two ten. I actually, uh, some somebody followed me on uh, from Hawaii. Followed me on Instagram, and I clicked on their profile, and it was like a Hawaii, like uh, I think they work with a lot of the Hawaii players or, or whatnot. And so they had a lot of old pictures of uh, a Barris file. And I am just blow, <laughs> just blown away by his body transformation from like high, from high school to now. Like who would have thought that this scrawny and I mean, scrawny kid was going to be a starting linebacker or, or I mean, which he, I guess he did start a game, uh, become a, a linebacker at the next level like that. That's incredible. Like, yep. Yeah. This kid's going to put on weight. No problem. Uh, Jude, what well, would you replace the star? System yeah, with? there it is. Uh, Kyle Hamilton. How many Kyle Hamiltons? How many Kyle Hamiltons would Kyle Hamilton get? Two. Two Kyle Hamiltons. No, incorrect. The answer is Kyle Hamilton. Oh, damn it. Damn it. I should have known it's always Kyle Hamilton. Brendan, what would you do it with? Uh, if I was to replace star rankings with anyway with anything, um, Schmeckles just because it always makes me smile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I will go with uh, uh, Stretch Tummers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the Jimmy Clausen Stretch Tummer. So if you are a five Stretch Tummer player, you are a fucking stud. You're Parker Boudreaux because you actually pulled the ball here. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. 
Now Jude's wife can listen to the podcast. <laughs> hey, you remember. Uh, uh, and I think the last question for the night here from Zach Walpoff, Wikipuff88. Is Brady Quinn the best Notre Dame quarterback of the 21st century? Ooh, <laughs> no. Um. Uh, no. Well, 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 let's say, let's just say statistically or in our hearts or in he's our, not, in our, still in our tiger beat, in, my heart anymore. in our tiger beat. Uh, yeah, well, he's definitely, still not even here. He absolutely is in our tiger beat. No, he's not. Jimmy Clausen you know looks you know, like an emu. What's wrong with the in book? Oh, um, the handsome, mole. the mole, the mole. I mean, uh, I Drew Brees know. made that shit hot. Did, Did he? he? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> he seems to be doing well for, enough for himself. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's not the millions of dollars I mean, in his bank account that runs that show. You can, by I mean, the way. It's the mole. Yeah, just so you know. You can, the you, birthmark. Can, you can Google Jimmy Clausen emu, and he looks exactly like an emu. Well, of course he does. We've known that since 2005, <laughs> six. Yeah. Um, no, it's Brady Quinn's the heartthrob. Um, Ian Book is the winner, and Jimmy Clausen's the talent. Oh, I like that. I like that classification right there. Fucking Voltron of Notre Dame quarterbacks. Yeah, we're putting together a, a an Ocean's Eleven or a boy <laughs> band, right? <laughs> Jimmy you know what? One Let's, of his brothers to be the, uh, you know, because every one of them needs to have like a, a 35 year old. If Guy Ritchie was directing a Notre Dame football movie with yeah. just quarterbacks, who's yeah. the Vinnie Jones? Who is the Jason Statham? Um, there you go. I like that. The heartthrob, the winner, the talent. That's, I mean, that's. I bet you Rick Meyer pulled a mean, lot of ladies when he was in Oh, Rick school. Meyer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lisa went to school with him. We could ask her. I bet you Lisa would know, too. I bet she would know. Uh, if I, you I, asked her, I, said, I didn't mean that to sound like no, no, Lisa I, would have personal incarnate knowledge, but I, I just I thought did not, I did not, Lisa was close enough to Rick, way. I think, to know that kind Rick of Rick was Rick would have been swimming. Yeah. Oh, St. Uh, yeah, St. Mary's. They uh, that's what they that's what they're there for. They're, yeah, MRS degree. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, man, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Brady. Look, Brady Quinn will be beloved by by many for many years. There's, and so he stole the heart from everybody. And again, I can't. I can't. An emotional I, argument. I can't put into words how important it was, how terrible Notre Dame had been up till 05, and how important that 05 season is to Brady Quinn's legacy at Notre Dame. Agree. I mean, the 06 didn't help. That 05 season, that's the legacy season for Quinn. That it's why we can look back and say, like, man, he's gorgeous and one of the best quarterbacks. That helped out a lot, and so the, and that's that, the that, one. Goes, is that the one where he, he like goes? Fucking, now I'm done. <laughs> yeah, he could look like he, he could look like Urkel, uh, and it wouldn't have mattered that that he had brought 
he had put so much more fun onto the field than we had seen that, you know, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna win over a lot of people. And he did. And and that's, he totally deserves that. Uh, But Jimmy Clausen, I mean, straight up, if you ask somebody what, who throws a better ball, Jimmy Clausen or Brady Quinn? It's not fucking, it's fucking Clausen. Yeah. Just watch the ball. Watch some tape. I'm pretty sure it's Kevin Austin. Have you seen him throw a ball in practice? Majesty. Kevin Austin? Yeah. <laughs> practice? But I mean, what, what the, fact, the fact that, the fact that, Ian Book, the fact the that we're going to have this battle, this that argument, and this battle with practice. Ian Book is ridiculous. Because every argument against, uh, we said this before, every argument against Clawson versus, when it's Clawson versus Quinn, is they reverse it when it comes to like Quinn and Book. No, like, they well, change pretty, the narrative. They move yeah. the goalposts. And don't discount it. I'm, you know, I, I think Notre Dame is going to have a really good season this year. I really, I honestly got to believe that. But there's going to be times you're going to be like, where the fuck is Ian Book? There just is. Because the guy ended up doing so much for Notre Dame. He won third. What is it? 33 games? I thought it was 30 and three, but no, you're right. It's like 32 and three or something, right? Or 31 and three? He's the winning as fucking quarterback Notre Dame is. Yeah. It's a lot to a little. So, so don't discount that. Don't don't tell me because they had this defense. What I, I mean, what about fucking Tony Rice? What kind of defense did he have as a quarterback? Pretty, what kind of defense did he have? I mean, so. I don't dis don't, stop discounting Ian book because he was a three star that was committed to Washington state for a hot minute. And just because he didn't win, uh, you know, two different playoff games. I mean, did, did Brady, did Brady Quinn have a chance to win a national championship in Notre name in the off season? In the postseason? Has it? Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> so, I, I mean, sorry. I, I just do not discount Ian Book. Or you could uh, say he and, did, and he blew it in his chances in the regular season, right? Yeah. Not, not well, beating Michigan? I mean, he didn't 2006. blow it. <laughs> I, I can't put USC on. But you could put 2006 Michigan on him. Oh, fuck Listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, he can. Uh, but you can all. I mean, but Quinn's got a Quinn's got a beef with his DBs, and he's not wrong. You know, 05 SC, fucking 05 Michigan State, Mario Manningham running wild on him in 06, USC in six. Well, USC in 06. <laughs> Good luck. That was a lot of bad. That was a lot of bad. Uh, Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. Ouch. I mean, blue and gr- blue gray sky. Uh, the 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 great grandfather, uh, godfather of uh, Notre Dame blog blogosphere, did an excellent post uh, after that Fiesta Bowl, just diagramming the destruction of the <laughs> big play touchdowns from Ohio State, which. Yeah. Again, everyone makes that out to be such a huge blowout, and it kind of was, 
But at the same time, if Tommy Zimikowski doesn't get fucked out of that fumble, that return for a touchdown, Notre Dame is in that son of a bitch. They are you in know, it. And did, uh, yeah, Anthony Gonzalez, huh? That's right. Uh, you mean the representative for Ohio? Yeah. Congress? <laughs> Anthony Gonzalez? Definitely put the ball on the turf. Three steps, uh, man. Uh, Okay. That's a fumble. But that got that that uh, gif of uh, Anthony Gonzalez fumbling the ball the day I posted it the day after uh, Ohio State. Um, but what, oh, was against it Clemson? Clemson. Yeah. yeah, I got a lot Clemson, of engagement. Ohio there. State fans did not appreciate that. Yeah, it was great. Do you think that you got more hate for from Ohio State fans for that one, or more hate from? Uh, Iowa State fans. I'd love the, you know what? I love the Iowa State guys because they'll get they'll go eleven months deep in a mention and they'll just be like, <laughs> but you feel like an idiot now. <laughs> like, yeah, well, you know, with eleven months more of data, yeah. I mean, I do feel like my prediction wasn't very good. <laughs> I don't know. Beat Iowa and get back with me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's your favorite win against Northern Iowa Iowa in regulation? You know? Uh, I I actually had Clem, Clemson uh people are are weird interactions. So I had that, I had that tweet about uh, a few weeks ago that I put out there that showed the, like the top five running backs in the draft and what Notre Dame did against them. Yeah. And then, so then they did another one and I had a, a I had another one kind of, kind of along those same lines, but I was saying, you know, Javante Williams and, and what's his nuts had a combined 85 yards, which wasn't, wasn't as bad as, as Travis Etienne's 75-yard average per game against Notre Dame. Just having some fun with it, you know. Right. Of course, a Clemson fan comes back with totally averaged eight yards against you in the in the playoff. And so I think, obviously, he was meaning the ACC championship game. Uh-huh. But, you know, I, w- I went at it. like okay. I'm like, well, if you want to be anal about it, uh, no, he did not do that against Notre Dame in the playoff. Just, like, pointing it out. Instead of just taking the fucking L – this guy was, was fighting. Was he talking nail. about 2018? He, he was. was. That. No, oh, was he? I okay. He meant that. I don't think he meant that. But, but he got he doubled down on it. Like mm-hmm. you're really fucking talking to me about 2018. So Clemson people got really strange, and then it was like, he's like, oh yeah, talking talking shit about stopping ATN just to allow a quarterback to to get the most passing yards ever against you. How do you like that data point? And I'm like, well, oh, that data point got the name of the win, so yeah, okay. <laughs> I do like that data point. Like, I like the just, win. Straight, Clemson that, fans. That would be straight. like a, a Michigan guy jumping in your mentions, being like, uh, Michigan outgained Notre Dame two eighty nine to two eighty in the 2014 <laughs> game. So hashtag yard points win. Dabo has Dabo has everybody that entire roster and his entire fan base fully believing that they are dis- getting disrespected constantly. And I'm like, you know what? If you don't want to get disrespected, maybe have your quarterback who would have gone in the last three drafts, number one overall, maybe get that guy a Heisman or maybe win a national championship in the last two years instead of three years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like how's Trevor Lawrence get out of college with one national championship and no Heisman? No Heisman. I don't know. How do you how do you get out of college without a steady masseuse that you can call on a moment's notice and, and just use her exclusively? <laughs> Jude. Oh, oh, the deep cut. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but they are 
<laughs> they are the most disrespectful fan base, apparently. They, they act like it. I mean, my, my response to this guy were like, you had like the ultimate, like, you could have just clapped back so fucking hard. Yeah, the IT, you'd get teed up so hard of that. And it took him forever. I'm like, it's too late, dude. If you can't take the easy shot, then what good are you? Like, how do you not burn me hard and quickly? It, 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 you were still fighting the point that you just didn't fuck up with a tweet saying the playoffs instead of a fucking championship game. It's, championship game. Ah, it's just, like I said, they're just, they're, they're a disrespected fan base who are just, they don't seem to be enjoying their success enough. And maybe that doesn't happen. I think it's I, mean, I think it's as simple as why I reached back for a game three years ago when you can literally reach back to two games from the prior yes. year. Yes. I, I, and he, I, there's just there's no way he wasn't. He just doubled like, down. That's on, like him, like an Alabama fan jumping in your mentions talking about Cornelius Bennett. Like, okay, but you know, you did have <laughs> Eddie Lacy. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's it's kind of kind of funny. I don't know. Good good luck to you, Clemson. Good luck in your tough ass ACC schedule. <laughs> I mean, they have to play. They do have to play Georgia this year. Have you seen Clemson's schedule? They do have to play Georgia. So I mean, we all know about the the powerhouse that is Georgia football. Well, um, and that's and is that that's in Athens, right? Uh, no, it's in Charlotte. Oh, it's weird. They, oh, they open the right. season. It's a, it's, it's, it's the Duke Mayo. Uh, <laughs> because here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing that, uh, that Dabo, that these, that these quote unquote top programs will do. They're not going anywhere yeah. at a conference. They're not, I mean, they just don't do it. Now, Alabama's Unless done it fairly. Notre Dame. Unless it's Notre Dame because they Unless will it's Notre do Dame. it. Unless it's Notre Dame. That's it. But I thought Notre Dame wasn't a good program. Well. Why would you travel to them? They're irrelevant, Josh. I mean, that, I don't know. That, at some point. Uh, My favorite was it, in a USC open, open the season with um, Syracuse at the Meadowlands. Maybe like <laughs> yeah. 2014 or around that time. Maybe even earlier. Let's say Notre Dame opened up. What what year was that when they played uh, West Virginia to start the season? At a neutral well, site. Well, they played they played Virginia in 1989, Virginia. right after the oh, national right. national championship. At yeah, the it was that's right. That's what it was. Back when Virginia was good. Can't really say that about Virginia now, man. This this Clemson football schedule. Let me tell you guys. Yeah, that Georgia game, but that's a neutral site game. It was large. South, South Carolina State, Georgia Tech, NC State, Boston College, Syracuse, Pitt, Florida State, Louisville, Yukon, Wake Forest, and South Carolina on the road. They go to NC State. They go to Pitt, to Louisville, and to South Carolina. Jesus Christ. Okay. So okay. it's a barn burner. I just, I, I mean, that's why there's no, I, it, it's not like a Clemson hasn't been good and I will give them all the credit and Trevor Lawrence is fucking incredible. But like, what did you have to do really during the season? 
just like the just like the Ohio State argument from last year. Yeah, you went in and beat Clemson up, but I mean, like, you only had to play a few games, dude. Like Notre Dame doesn't lose Jared, Jared Patterson if we only had to play five games. Fuck. I mean, I, I never, I never imagined myself ever rooting for Alabama, but Alabama, Ohio State, that was, that had to happen. You could not allow a national champion to have those few wins compared to everybody else. That, that just, the football guys stepped spits in. in it like, spits in the face of they were like, everything. They were like, don't worry, Devonta Smith has it. Like, he's, don't worry, he's got it. What would the score of that game been if he played the second half? I've always, I've always kind of wondered that. I don't know. Dude, but, by the way, it was 2012 where uh, Cuse and USC played 12. at the. Uh, yeah, in the, okay. in I wasn't that far off. Oh, you're right there. Was that Sanchez or am I? Was he after? It was after Sanchez. Uh, after Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah, it would have so, been a Barkley. Mitch Mustaine. Oh, Barkley. It wasn't Barkley. I thought it was Barkley, and then he didn't play Notre Dame in 2012 because he was hurt, and it was Mitch Mustaine. Oh, okay. Yep. Or was that 2010? No, that was 10. That was 10. That was 10. Um, 12 was Josh John David Booty. Was that 12? No, that was the guy who preceded uh, Sanchez. Oh. Uh, 2012 was Max Matt Barkley. It was his senior year. Hmm. But he was hurt, right? Uh, yeah, Notre Dame got Max Wittick. Max Wittick, that's right. <laughs> Big oh, arm. Big arm Max. Big arm Max. Only one. Who one also started against them in 2013, I'm pretty sure. That's all That's all they said about Max Wittick. He can throw a mile. Big arm. He was no Cody Kessler, that was for sure. <laughs> Uh, all I gotta say is Keaton Slovis. Uh, I, I hope he says a few prayers. <laughs> well, I'm excited for the the quarterbacks behind him because uh, there is a um, glut of talent, and by glut of talent, I mean uh, no one under the age of 19 <laughs> over the quarterback the position. Or yeah, over the age of uh, 19 at the quarterback position for USC. So I just hope JT Daniels thinks it's all worth it that he skipped his last year of high school <laughs> to go play. Oh, he's going to be the quarterback of Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I skipped my last year of high school to go play football with Amon Ross St. Brown at USC. I am at Georgia now. <laughs> Which just shows you, I mean, 16, 17 year olds making decisions and with parents that are just like, sure, why not? I I don't know. I just, maybe I place an importance on like getting your, being your, being in a childhood. Like if you want to enroll early in the, you know, miss your last year of, of your senior year, that's fine. But your entire fucking senior year, what are you fucking Doogie Hauser? You're not, <laughs> are you the Doogie Hauser of football? No, you are not. What was your prom song? Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, weird. Uh, it was a Hicksville like thing. Like that was like just like a song for like. It was it was an anthem. Brandon, uh, it was a what, was your, was Brandon what was your senior prom, prom song? 
Uh, I don't know. Freebird or something. That's what it always, oh. No, it was um, Good Riddance, Green Day. Yeah. So that's my that's my story. Is like, I didn't go to my senior prom, but I went to my girlfriend's senior prom, and they got to write the name of the prom song above the their class, like paint one of the walls or whatever. So it would be like, you know, this is the time, class of 86. Uh, I will remember you, class of 99 or whatever. Um, I, I wanted it to be... Up. I wanted it to be good riddance class of 98, but Alaska uh, did not win class of 2003. Good riddance. Yeah. Hicksville has just some, some bangers. And so when you're out cruising the town, like total eclipse of the heart for, was just something everyone belted out. Uh, you get kind of like an anthem there. So that was a, that was a problem thing. I don't know. I mean, it's a great song. The guy who wrote that song just oh, died. Yeah. Right. I have no idea. <laughs> Brandon, does that, that sound familiar to you? Uh, the, the lead singer for the, the wrote, or just the writer of Total Eclipse of the Heart? The writer of Total Eclipse of the Heart. Uh, was it George, uh, was it uh, Ringo Starr? Because he, he pretty much writes uh, all the pop pop. No, it was jams, the guy right? who writes with Meatloaf. Uh, Jim Simon. Oh, Jim Stein. You know, I didn't know it. Huh. I didn't know any of that. But Total Eclipse of the Heart is a total like meatloaf song, isn't it? He oh yeah, absolutely. Die. Jim okay. Steinman did die just recently. Oh well, if we're going to talk about dead people. How about R.I.P. D.M.X. Who who deserved the love while he was alive, and not after he was dead. <laughs> that was a crazy scene outside that uh, that hospital, man. Like it was Rough Rider City while he's laying there in that coma. And then when they brought him out into the hearse, like when he was, when he, or the, when they're transferring from the hospital to the morgue or to wherever, huge fucking crowd out there, like rocking the, like I couldn't think of a more DMX way for DMX to go like that. Like deserve the love while he's alive, not, not dead. He's a legend. And for raspy fucking voices. He is a, uh, he's a king. I think that's it, guys. Yeah, we I got think we need to questions. stop, drop, shut them down. I, uh, I made it through. I thought the, I thought the uh, vaccine side effects were going to hit during this podcast. I, I honestly thought I got, there's a bathroom right next to where I'm recording that here next to the office. I honestly thought there might've been a, a sound or two. That was going to be recorded. None of that happened. So we muscled through. Did another one. Um, through all that, we didn't discuss a whole lot about spring ball. And that's fine because we're they got what three practices left in the spring, spring game. game. Yeah. So are we, gonna, are we gonna have a pre-spring game, uh, pre-spring game pod, and then a post-spring game pod? Josh, are you going to the spring game? No. No, no, I'm uh, that's a that's a heavy work weekend for me with the draft and all that shit. Yeah, no, um, not I wait, and it's a 930 kickoff now. No, no that's, that's Greg's just, time. Just Greg's time. Oh, I was going to say, God damn it. I was so happy. I saw that the DMs. I'm like, are they really going to do this at 930? That's fucking awesome. No, that's just why would that's, I ever that, why would I ever allow that thought to like be real, my head? 
Greg will be taking taking at least one layer of his kids' PJs off in time for the game. You, wa- you watched the game. You watched the game at nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Under name game one. It was awesome. Yeah, two thousand twelve. I loved it. I was hammered. I off of. I was saying, oatmeal I, think I, I know the solid verbal talks a lot about the West Coast watching, and that's one of the few takes I think Dan's right on. I could use the. I would I would enjoy college football on the West Coast for sure. Nine thirty fucking morning games, so I don't have to sit around all morning for nothing. Wow, that's home games. Well, as I asked you in the DMs, uh, how would you enjoy covering that game? Showing up to the stadium at like seven a.m. Well, I mean. Their games aren't starting at 7 a.m. though. You know what I mean? So that, that I guess that wouldn't exist. I mean, I would hate to cover a game in the morning. Like if, if let's say if, if a game was actually starting at let's say 9 a.m. actual start time, uh, I would hate There's, that. Pac-12 is making their to teams co- to, co- to cover nine. it. Pac-12 t- teams are going to start. I, that was one of the things that COVID. I thought they, I thought of, they were 10 o'clock. Uh, are they 10 or are they like, cause I thought they, they had a game or maybe it was just the reschedule game where they kicked off at like nine 30. It's only an hour, but there's a huge difference between nine and 10 o'clock on a Saturday. Especially when you're not a non Arizona school. <laughs> right. Like I think they had, um, like I think it's like UCLA, UCLA. Oh yeah. They, they are having 9am kickoff times, man. To get oh. that to, to to line up with the big I'll news say, kickoff, I'll say and this. this is hey. Arizona State and USC USC last year had a 9 a.m. kickoff. That's the one where they had the crazy finish where they where USC needed the okay. hail mary to win. Now that I have a second to think about it, okay, cover covering a game like being be the, the cover of the game, 9 a.m. kickoff. You know what? That's actually I could see that being a cool, a good thing. Because number one, you don't have to get to the, you're not getting to the stadium at 6 a.m. Like if you have a, a say it's a 3:30 kickoff, you're probably you're at the stadium like by noon. A lot of times, you're 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 and you're already well, you're already there earlier than that too. There's a lot of so much more pregame stuff that you do leading into like a 3:30 game. So nine at 9 a.m. game, you're still maybe only getting there maybe at 7:30 8 o'clock. Because no one's up. I mean, no one's up at, at six thirty in the morning on a Saturday to to get your raucous tweets. But you're done earlier. Like you get to be done. You can watch so like, the PMs. You know, so a three thirty game at Notre Dame Stadium. A lot of times you're getting out like around ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. I mean, that that could be a possibility. I think. It's more so maybe like around 10 ish, but like, fuck like a night game. Like, you know, if it's a seven 30 game. You're not leaving the stadium until one 32 o'clock, which is just terrible. But anyways, they're long days. They're grueling days. But if you had a 9.00 AM game, Oh man, you could be out, out enjoying your life by like three in the afternoon, three 30. Whoo. That's almost like you didn't work that day. Almost. <laughs> That's that's a lifestyle that uh, that wouldn't be too bad. But yeah, I enjoy the Friday nights before a game though a lot. 
so like so having to get up early 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 to get get ready and all that drive i don't know i because the friday nights before between high school football especially a big game weekend man it's so fucking nice it's just all sorts of good vibes going on i cannot wait for a non-covid affected football season to get back in our lives oh my god it's on get the way vaccine. man get your vaccines Get them. Go get we'll be a fully vaccinated listen, podcast next time we press record, listen, probably. Bill Gates started at the bottom. Now he's here. <laughs> he's not going to do you wrong. If 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 you if you can't trust Bill Gates, who can you trust? Look what he did. Look what he's accomplished. He's not going to steer you wrong. Get that microchip. Yeah. Get it. Get the microchip. Um, microchip groups aside. Um. Like the Israelis just put out a study um, most recently that it protects like 93% against the variant strains. Yes. Um, you're like 99% if you have the Moderna or um, Pfizer vaccines immune to carrying or passing on uh, COVID-19. And here's the biggest thing. Here's the biggest For the thing. love of God, get your vaccine, vaccine so we can end it. <laughs> yes. The, va- listen, the vaccine is not going to stop you from getting it. It's going to stop you from going to the hospital and or dying. No. Because of there, it. The studies now say that it is going to stop you from getting it. Either way. I mean, even, even if it was just to stop you from going to the hospital, that, even if you were still getting sick, but not so sick where you're going to go to the hospital or dying, that is still – Good. That still means you can, you can have a normal life. Yeah, you can go back to like not having to wear a mask and like eating at a restaurant and going to a movie theater, not feeling like the people around you are going to give you the death plague. You'll be able to go back to a stadium with you know 80,000 people in it. I think I'm still going to shop with a mask on. For I don't in the winter time, I have no problem wearing a mask. And I don't mind hiding my face. <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't give a shit uh but like gro- the grocery stores it makes you think grocery like stores people- are a pain in the ass because like you know you spend an hour and a half two hours in a grocery store getting food for you know your family and just by the end of it you're just like breathing hot air through your mask and i'd like right. to be able to take it down well, i mean um, i was you can't but it's, I was I was online shopping groceries anyways before COVID hit. That's like one of the greatest. That's a life altering. Being able to buy your groceries online and just go pick them up. We did uh, for it for a while, young, but for some of you youngins out there, for some of you youngins out there, I don't know if you know how life changing that actually is. How much time that saves you? It's incredible. But there is something about going into a good grocery store. Getting you and, produce. you know, the produce, the deli, the seafood market, there's there's something about going in there and and, and picking out your stuff that I do enjoy. Uh, but honestly, man, when you got kids and all that, it's 10 o'clock at night, sit down for for a half hour, order it up, go pick it up in the morning after you pick the, drop the kids off from school and you get home and you get your groceries put away before you'd even be halfway done through your uh through your shopping day. You know what I mean? That's like, that's, that's incredible. That's life changing. Life changing. 
now that I just like became a mouthpiece for Kroger's and Myers and, <laughs> and all that. All right, we gotta end this before Jude passes out. <laughs> Thank you. We hit the three. We hit the three-hour mark. We did the thing. So, for Brendan, for Jude, for everyone over at OFD. Thanks for listening. Go Irish.